What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 28. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. It's good to be here with you today, Colin. How have you been? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm excellent. Yeah. Have you been playing video games? A little bit. What have you been playing? A little more of the division. Mm, what uh, level now? 13, maybe? 14, okay. I've okay. Not, you know, okay. a little bit. Uh, I tell you what. I had a lovely time at GDC. Yeah. I had a lovely time at South by Southwest. I desperately miss the division. I can't wait to get back to the division. It's, level a, good, it's a good game. It's a very good game. Level 19 is where I left the main character. The secondary character is level 13, I think. Level 12, somewhere in there. I got to get back and get to 30. I got to get in this dark zone. I got to help Fran. I can't leave him out there. You can't leave Fran out there unprotected. No, you must. And I've been doing Fran that. I've been, uh, Tuesday, we have a date to get it all. Well, I guess today when you're watching this, we have a date tonight to get it back on track. Cool. That's fun. And then I've been playing uh, Salt and Sanctuary, although I only played it for a couple hours. I uh, haven't had too much time to play it. Uh, Aaron was here for like nine days, so um, I just haven't had too much time to play. What but, are your... And we were doing GDC stuff as well. Initial impressions of Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, I like it a lot. I think that it's uh, not a game for you, but I think that uh, knowing your gaming preferences, but okay. you should try and come to your own conclusions. Because you keep saying it's 2D Dark Souls. It is unabashedly Dark Souls. Like I, 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 when people said that, I'm like, okay, so it takes some cues. It's a very difficult game, a grueling game. It is Dark Souls. Like yeah. I, I don't think they're trying to hide it. I think that they're trying to be obvious about it. Is it um, an homage? Yeah, you can say that. Okay. Uh, everything about it, except for thing. its perspective in the With way it plays. Dark Souls, though, I, I you know, <clears throat> in Bloodborne, it was always about watching your guy. I felt like I always think of it as, you know, I'm watching my boss, my enemy, and then I'm strafing in 360 degrees to roll away from their attack to get behind him and attack him, usually, or something like that. How does that work in 2D? Um, so you could still roll and block and stuff like that and jump. Okay. Which you don't do in Dark Souls. Sure. So that's so a, just that's trying a, to get over them or dodge their attack and then run up on them. Yeah. Uh, I haven't fought too many difficult enemies that require too much maneuvering okay. yet. Uh, but the boss I fought was pretty hard. It took me like six or seven tries to beat the boss. Although I, you know, I get a little impatient when I play 2D side scrolls. Like I like try to brute force my way through things. Uh, that's the way I play Mega Man too. So until you get real elegant at it, but you have to, you have to really be smart playing this game. But, but everything about it is, is Dark Souls. Like the, there's a, you pick your, um, your character class, you customize that character. Um, you can leave notes in the in the wild for other people to read. Um, the, a lot of the on-screen imagery is the same. I think it says vanquished or something, or something similar to what it says in Bloodborne or Dark Souls when you kill an, a, an enemy or when you're, you know, um, skill tree and kind of equipping and unequipping things, uh, very RPG-like, not, not, you know, unique to Dark Souls um, in that respect. Uh, the obtuseness of it is really what reminds me of Dark Souls 2 mm. as well, just in the sense of um, the story, it's like very vague. It's very weird. It's a very weird game, which I don't think anyone would deny. Dark Souls and Demon Souls and Bloodborne are weird. I think yeah. Bloodborne's like the least weird of all of them that I played. I played Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Um, so it's cool. I like it. Uh, I want to continue to play it. I assume it's going to get very hard. I don't like games that are too deep. People are a lot of people are talking about the skill tree being ridiculous, and it is. Like the skill tree is. So is that a turn off? Absurd. I like a deep skill tree, but I don't like when an obtuse game has a deep skill tree because I don't really know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. You sure, know where I mean? you're supposed to be like, playing these points and stuff. So I have a lot to figure out. I've played the game for literally two hours, so it's not like, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt, but I have a grain of salt and sanctuary. Uh, but uh, go try it out if you'd like. See if that, you know, 2D, hardcore, grueling game, you collect salt instead of souls to upgrade your character. You mm-hmm. lose your salt mm-hmm. if you die and then you have to go back to the enemy that killed you to get it back and stuff like that so it's i mean it is it's dark Souls. it is not trying to hide it okay. and i respect that why go halfway if you can go all the way now at gdc we played a lot of great games we had people come through loved the uh, arena gods 
Loved the dodgeball game. But then I went to South by Southwest. They had a gaming show for it. I ran around their con. And I finally got to play a game I've been talking about a lot, or at least tweeting about a lot. This is Valhalla. You seen this one? The VA. I don't know. You, I, if you see me tweet, it's VA 11 H A L L A. It's this game. It's the cyberpunk uh, bartending game where you go through and make drinks for stuff and the story's playing out. It's like you, you're just a bartender, right? So this, the gameplay just, is. Shut up. I'm just. I'm, I'm just, oh, just the cook. I'm yeah. just the cook. Just I can't do cook. it well. You know, if Nick was here, he'd do it for us. But this one, you go through in the cyber, you know, punk world, cyber steampunk world or whatever, go through and make these drinks for people, get their stories and stuff. I only played like 30 minutes of it. I'm like, yep, this is what I wanted it to be. It's goofy. It's got a sense of humor. Come in a Vita. So there you go. Nice. That's all I want out of it. That's huge. But you sit there, you look at the recipe book, you add them up, you put them in, you mix. If you go, if you mix them too long, they blend and then you fuck it all up. If a guy comes up and yeah, he, he, he's acting like he's a big guy, you need to double the drinks and stuff. It's very interesting. Cool. I'm very fascinated. Sounds neat. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is PS I love you. XOXO. This is kind of funny.com's. You don't know. You almost said PlayStation podcast. You almost said something else. I did. Yeah, it's, my, it's been a long time. I'm rusty on this show. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, and you picked a hell of a one to come join us on. Uh, Shuhei Yoshida coming by. Yep. You did an interview with him at GDC. I did. Top secret. We wasn't on the live streams. Nobody saw this one. Yep. No you one saw it. it. I, I no haven't even it. seen it yet. How'd it no. go? Does it, it go was well? great. She was good. Talked a lot about VR. Uh, well, let me tell you about and, a lot of VR questions. And uh, well, we're going to talk a lot about VR too, as well as uh, talked about the first parties and what everyone's doing and, and all this. So um, I think people will find it quite informative as usual. Cool. Yeah. You got that? You got a whole bunch of our reactions to this VR stuff? You got all these reactions to everything with this 4.5 stuff. There's a lot of stuff going on in this show. Remember, PS I love you, XOXO posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So please like, subscribe, share, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. And of course, if audio MP3s are your things, and let me tell you, looking at the numbers, there's a lot of you that are, and I thank you for that. Make sure you head over to SoundCloud, you head over to iTunes, you subscribe to the feeds there, share them with your friends, do all that stuff. And hey, a special thanks to all of you. I won that South by Southwest Gaming Award at the South by Southwest show, all because of your support. Thank you all so much for going to vote for me. You are all fantastic people. And if you get us to $30,000 uh, a month on uh, Patreon for Kind of Funny Games, we will smash the award. That's not a real milestone at all. I would set it higher than that, 50000 It's just a wooden joystick. At 50000 we do the Viking funeral for it. Oh, okay. We push it off into the bay and you get to fire flaming arrows at it. The Art Deco uh, other award. The Game from, Award. The Game Award that came. Pretty, Trendy pretty Gamer. damn cool. It is a really good one. Heavy as a motherfucker. It is, man. You can kill someone with that. Yeah. Thing. I probably will kill Kevin with it by the end of this. Someone's going to die with it. Colin, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are nine items on the list. Although a Baker's dozen although i've truncated over on kind of funny.com oh slash psq cxxs says hey guys question for colin when compiling roper's report i wonder if you ever intentionally avoid totaling the list to up to 13 exactly i can only imagine the reaction you would receive from greg if you were to deliver him an actual baker's dozen thanks christopher uh yes i do intentionally avoid 13 because you remember on the old show podcast beyond when you did 13 i wouldn't say baker's right. dozen i've, and then people and got I, all mad I've the edited comments. the list twice to avoid 13 so far on PSLB. you want to make out I like you. No. I like you. No. I like you, <laughs> Colin. All right. So with this, Como. With this list, I more more. With this list, I struggled I on which went. on which to put first because there are really three pieces of big news, but I think I have them in the right order here. Uh, no, put your hand down because otherwise it loses the whole. You know, nope. The special something that happens when you uh, stop. You're being weird. I, don't I like am. It. Welcome to PSVR. So let's start with PSVR. Okay. 
Number one. The pricing of PlayStation VR has been revealed along with its release month, final specs, and everything that comes along with it. For starters, PSVR launches in October of 2016 and will cost $399.99 in the US. In the UK, it will cost £349, and in mainland Europe, it will cost €399. In Japan, PSVR will cost £44,980. In the box, you will get the VR headset, a processor unit, the headset connection cable, an HDMI cable, a USB cable, stereo headphones, an AC power cord, and an AC adapter. PSVR doesn't come with a PlayStation camera, which is required, nor does it come with the PlayStation Move controllers, which are optional. Its external dimensions are for the headset 187 by 185 by 277 millimeters counted width by height by length. The processor's dimensions counted the same are 143 millimeters by 36 millimeters by 143 millimeters. The headset weighs 610 grams. The processor unit weighs 365 grams. Its display method is OLED and the panel size is 5.7 inches. The panel resolution is 1920 by RGB by one uh, by 1080 or 960 by RGB by 1080 per eye. Its refresh rate is 90 to 120 hertz. Its field of view is approximately 100 degrees. It has six axis motion sensing uh, systems built in, three axis gyroscope and three axis accelerometer. You can connect an HDMI cord, auxiliary cable and headphones into the headset, HDMI to TV, HDMI to PS4, a USB cable and an auxiliary cable will be connected from the processor unit to the PS to the TV and PS4. 230 developers are supporting PSVR, according to Sony, with 160 different projects currently in development for the headset. So that's basically the high end finality of PSVR. As we know it right now. What do you think? Pricing's great. Uh, what release- about the hidden costs, Colin? The camera, the wands, so the camera- OMG. So the camera thing's unfortunate. And I, I think it was actually, I don't want to spoil too much of what Shuhei says here about why the camera's not bundled in. But I think he has something interesting to say about it. That was not what I expected him to say about it. So mm. I think you'll, so you'll see what he says about it later on. Is it my hardcore prediction for what I was saying earlier at the show? What? That like a hardcore PlayStation user already has the somewhat in somebody who's you'll gonna, see. Okay. Some, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. but he also was clear. Well, you'll see. I don't want to spoil it too much. Uh, so I think the pricing's right. The timing's disappointing because I want it now, but I think October's fine. It gives developers time to finish their games. We're hopefully going to get games like rigs at launch. Uh, e Valkyrie will be ready to launch all this kind of stuff. So some good triple games. Uh, can I ask you a question before you go further? Yeah. And I love you and I love what we do here in all of our lives together. Is the Shuhei interview packed with enough information that you'd want to talk about it? So we should insert tots, tots, tots right here. We could. Cause I don't, we want, talk, I don't, it's want, I don't want you about, pulling punches. It's mostly about VR. If we can get some VR kelp right from the horse's mouth, the horse being the horse Shuhei, kelp. the horse is Shuhei Yoshida. Mm-hmm. The kelp is the information on PlayStation VR. I feel like that should be on the table. Sure, we can. I mean, we've never entered thoughts this early, but we can do that. Ladies and gentlemen, today for topic of the show, tots, 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 tots. Oh, you're slowing the pace down. I like that. You're enjoying it. You're letting it linger. Let it linger a little bit. Like that song? Cranberries. Yeah. yeah of course. You have to let it's it linger. Really yeah, well, I think it. most of the Cranberry songs were yeah, sad, weren't they? They weren't really. Oh, to my family. Pretty sad song. Zombie. Great band. Pretty sad song. Yeah. I'm going to listen to Cranberries after this for sure. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, for topic of the show, we, we went and talked to Shuhei Yoshida. And when I say we, I meant Colin. And he did it at GDC after the announcement of PlayStation VR. So before we talk any more about this VR business, why not kick it over to the president of Sony Worldwide Studios, Shuhei Yoshida. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to PS I Love You recording live from GDC. Live for us, not for you. I'm Colin Moriarty. This is Tim Geddes. This is Shuhei Yoshida. Let's give a round of applause. Yeah. Oh, Yay. Yeah. 
Yay! This this is my first appearance on PS. I love you. Oh, well, I feel well, like it's well, a good one to to be oh, on. This is a good inaugural yeah. maiden. No, 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 no. I was on the second episode. Well, he was no, saying I, that this is oh, my you, first one oh, really? on this show. He's yeah, making wow. it about himself. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Okay. Welcome, 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 welcome to PS. I love you. Yeah. Thank you, Shu. Shu, how's it going? Good. Yeah. Yeah. How is GDC? Well, people are happy. Yeah, people are people happy or excited or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I let's let's get right into. Well, I'm gonna say my traditional first question for later, okay. which is about Sony Ben. But right now, <laughs> uh, we'll uh, talk a little bit about VR because obviously PSVR is the big thing at this show. Price point three hundred ninety nine ninety nine in the US. Uh, October 2016 release date fifty games or so by the end of the year, so between October and December. Uh, all sounds good to me. So you've been getting a pretty positive response from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, beyond positive. So because we are so close to what we are doing, and uh, I was hoping that people would be very happy, but uh, when we announced the price, and people were super, woo, yeah. Happy. And then I was saying earlier, people in the room were like clapping and standing <laughs> yeah. up. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's huge. I, I uh, we were ha- Greg and I were having a crisis of confidence on PS. I love you the last few weeks because. When Oculus's price point was announced at 600 and then Vibes was at 800, we were like, maybe we just don't know what we're talking about. Like, maybe PSVR is going to be $1,000 or $700. Like, who knows? But it's the 399 price point seems quite affordable and quite reasonable. And I was surprised to, to learn that you guys are selling it at a profit, too. Like, you're actually yep. making money. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So, like, how did you, like, did you identify this price point a long time ago? Or did you kind of have to, like, nip and tuck a little bit to, to figure it out? Yeah. So, the, uh, we, had in our mind the target is like you know Andrew House saying that the, we always wanted to this to be for us to be able to sell around the console price so specifically three ninety nine was the target price but we didn't put the target price before what we are you know making what we have to accomplish we really 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 believed. And I believe that's the same for other companies like Oculus and uh, you know Valve guys that the the, because VR is so new and so important, uh, we have to uh, do it right for the first time. When we bring our first consumer uh, uh, product, it has to be really, really good in terms of uh, quality so that people have great experience and believing and get excited and become fan of VR in general. So uh, we waited until we are able to we have a list of uh, technical uh, milestones that we wanted to hit. And that's pretty common in the, in this is small, you know, industry, VR community. We share a kind of, uh, you know, understanding and research results. And uh, so we had, we, we had to wait uh, till now to launch our first product because now this year we can use 120 OLED. Hertz OLED that doesn't exist anywhere. Right. So we are making the custom-made uh, cutting-edge tech display for PSVR. That's beautiful and that's super fast and that creates super low latency because we believe that's necessary to provide the great VR experience for consumers. And also we, you know, from especially Worldwide Studio standpoint, we work with the hardware guys, you know, very closely like a team to develop new system. And we always discuss uh, what features has to be in the system. And one of the things, you know, some of our teams like Japan Studio or London Studios uh, uh, strongly suggested to hardware guys, uh, 
we want to make VR something that people, you know, families or friends can enjoy together in the same room, same living room. And, uh, you know, specifically Japan Studio proposed this idea of if PS4 can render two different images at the same time, one for person wearing the headset and the another for TV so that other people can play games right. together with the person with, you know, wearing headset. So we call it social screen and separate mode. And uh, in order for us to do that, we needed to put, you know, resources, processing resources on the PU unit mm. that we are calling processor unit that splits the uh, signal, uh, video signal from PS4 to TV and headset. And we can have two completely different images at the same time so that the Uh, we can do something like Playroom VR. Mm-hmm. And that adds up the cost to the system. Right. But we believe that's super important for VR to take off, mm. you know, for VR to be welcomed by people, not just by core gamers, but for the whole family of mm-hmm. the core gamers. So that was the first thing we wanted to accomplish. And then... We looked at the cost and uh, we relied on our, you know, capable hardware team. Uh, they've been making hardware for the longest time and we have resources to, in Sony to work with uh, to be able to uh, create the system and source the high-tech components for us to be able to sell at the uh, reasonable uh, price and target price that we had in mind. So we didn't want to, we don't want to lose money selling hardware right. um, because we are, you know, a commercial company. But more importantly, if we are losing money selling hardware, we cannot spend money to support, you know, software development community or provide, you know, assistance or trial to consumers or, you know, do promotions. Uh, so, uh, we, you know, we don't have to make a lot of money from selling hardware, but uh, we don't want to you know, put ourselves in the position to lose money by selling hardware so that that will limit our other activities. So uh, I, I'm very relieved that we are able to accomplish all of these and uh, hopefully, hopefully that will help uh, uh, accelerate the adoption of this new exciting medium. Mm-hmm. Well, Have you been seeing, I mean, I've heard rumors that the pre-orders are already like doing very well. Are you seeing like positive feedback about, you know, for pre-orders and from the market itself? Uh, are you are you optimistic that this thing's going to sell, meet whatever your internal targets are for the year? Well, we had an internal target that we realized that was a bit too small. Um, too small? Uh, that was the reason we pushed back the launch from the uh, first half. That we are kind of thinking around, you know, June time frame, right. like a, you know, E3 time yeah. frame before. But and the hardware development has been done. You know, we, it's it's on schedule, and uh, we are we are great. But but uh, in order for us, so more and more, uh, we get feedback from consumers and re, you know retailers and uh, such. Uh, our business side realized we need more units. Than we had, un, you know, originally anticipated to be to prepare for the launch. So the only thing we can do is to 
delay the launch so that we can manufacture more mm. for the day one. It's a great sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Definitely good. So that, that's the reason. That's the biggest reason for the October launch as opposed to first half. But uh, we, at the same time, we knew, we know that delaying it will give you know time for all the software developers, including ourselves, to keep polishing the games because. VR is a very difficult, you know, hard, there are lots of hard problems we have to solve so that, you know, lots of people, most of people will have a great experience, you know, when they try PSVR for the first time. So the uh, giving teams, you know, all teams, uh, more time will ensure or will help them uh, uh, improve the initial uh, experience of the consumers when they buy PSVR and their games. Uh, so these are the two major reasons that we push back mm-hmm. the launch time frame. Has it been hard to explain to people that don't have it on them how awesome it is? Absolutely. Yeah, including ourselves. You know, we, there's all, you know, for each one uh, who, la, la, you know, who are excited about VR has had one moment or one demo that, uh, you know, we went through that made us convert from like a skeptics to this passionate believer. Mm-hmm. And that could be different per person. And uh, so the when you try the good VR experience, that's something beyond, you know, what you expect before, you know, you tried it. So the trial is super important. It's a, it's always the number one mm-hmm. uh, important method to communicate this uh, experience to consumers. So do you think that uh, you know, come when October's coming up, do you think you'll like have stores like Games GameStop and Best Buy? Will there be demo units that people can try? And do you think that'll be really important? Uh, well, in general, you know, trials are so important, and uh, you know, with the uh, delay of uh, launch. We will continue to bring PSVR to many, you know, events, or you know, we might, you know, create some truck crew of uh, kiosks to drive around nation or you know, different countries, or we might set up, you know, some special uh, promotional events so that people can, you know, try out. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, we, I, I'm sure, each countries, you know, uh, our business group. Uh, we'll talk to retailers, you know, especially those retailers who have the larger space and can set up a proper space for to demo, uh, hands-on demo of PSVR. And, uh, and as important, have an attendant to be able to educate, mm-hmm. you know, person who just uh, come to the shop to be able to properly set up. Uh, so, so that all of that, you know, mm-hmm. we'll do. What do you make of the criticism? I, I personally don't agree with it, but it is common criticism that the VR unit doesn't come with a camera um, and or move controllers, which I think is not really even that relevant, but specifically the camera. Do you, what do you make of that? Because that seems to me to be the most common naysay. As it were. <laughs> yeah, PSVR is not $400. It's $460. Yeah, I saw these comments. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but, but you know, pretty early in the process, we decided to not bundle camera because we know that many people already own the camera especially people who purchased PS4 in the first year. And uh, so those people, if we bundle as a standard camera, another one, you know, they will be mad, you know, because they cannot do anything with it, 
you know, because PS4 can accept only one camera, right. maybe they sell at the eBay or, you know, whatever. But uh, so, and, and the same thing with Move, you know, your camera is required, but because we know that, you know, many people already own it, you know, so we do not put in the basic uh, unit, basic uh, uh, product. But uh, in each region, you know, uh, uh, typically our uh, uh, companies come up with uh, uh, different kinds of uh, bundle packages. So um, uh, you will see uh, uh, it, the approach would be different, you know, region by region. Uh, one uh, uh, country might have a, a bundle just with camera uh, or, you know, other might have, you know, camera and uh, PS moves or uh, like that. Right. So that, that's always uh, part of the thinking. But the, this week's announcement for us is to announce the base unit uh, that's consistent globally. And for people, you know, we know that early adapter PS4, many of them already on cameras. We don't want them to spend more money than necessary. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually hadn't even thought about yeah, it really from that perspective, especially because you guys had a camera shortage. Um, I, my last question about VR before we move on to software is, which is, you know, your specialty, uh, is how did you become, you know, you've been an evangelical about since since the days of Morpheus, you've you've been into this and obviously, you know, being uh, an executive at Sony, you've been privy to this long before we have. But you're in charge of the first party software studios. You, like you have nothing to do with hardware, like in terms of like, you know, you, you certainly have input and knowledge and all that kind of stuff. But that's not what you do on your day to day business. So how did they. How did you find your way, like, as like the primary hardware evangel- evangelical person or evangel- uh, evangelist for PSVR? Like, it, it seems like you're the you're the lead on this um, from a, a Sony perspective, but it's not necessarily within your purview. I'm the lead. <laughs> Whatever it means, the lead. A lead. The lead. Oh, I thought you said weed. No, you're not the weed. Oh, okay, I'm the, <laughs> not the weed. weed. I don't think you're the weed. PSVR. Um, <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, my base is in Tokyo. You know that. Yeah, so I moved to Tokyo from uh, uh, San Mateo office to uh, Tokyo office in 2008 when I became the uh, president of our studios. You know, Kaz Hirai, you know, uh, asked me to move so that I can work very closely with the hardware group. Uh, at that time, uh, we were, the hardware teams were, starting to design PS Vita and uh, started to discuss, you know, PS4. So uh, we, uh, and the cars asked, uh, let's change the way, you know, uh, uh, PlayStation used to make hardware. Uh, that was um, re- pretty much purely hardware team driven, you know, with the genius of Ken Kutaragi to more collaborative effort between the Valve Studios uh, game creators and the hardware, you know, engineering team in Tokyo. And that's how we designed, and, and we brought in Mark Sani uh, with uh, his genius um, to uh, design PS Vita and PS4. And uh, we are so happy with the result because uh, lots of ideas, um, hardware, you know, team can come up. Our game teams can evaluate and test and, yeah, this is great, or this is, you know, we cannot use it. And hardware guys really enjoy these conversations because... Uh, in the end, they do not just want to create great hardware. They want hardware that great games can be made mm-hmm. and delivered to consumers. So they love this, you know, very tight communication that we have uh, between Worldwide Studio teams and uh, hardware team. So by 
because I understand and speak Japanese natively, mm-hmm. <laughs>、um, me being in Tokyo, actually, I can attend any meetings, hardware meetings in Tokyo and uh, help uh,、um, hardware team and、uh, specific、uh, game team to communicate to attack some specific、uh, hardware issues that they are you know, looking at. So I've been doing it for a long time. So I spend a quite good amount of time, my time, to work with the hardware guys,、uh, even though my primary responsibility is to manage the you know, game studios、mm-hmm. that you know.、Uh, so、um, that's how I've been deeply involved、uh, in the development of PSVR you know, from the very be- beginning. I was one of the you know, cheerleaders、uh, within the company. Uh, to do,、uh, VR is great, you know, we should do this、uh, kind of、uh, cheerleading、uh, I've been doing. So, because、uh, I've been in, in the, you know, doing some you know, PR work for PS4 as well, so naturally I've been、um, uh, talking on behalf of the company of how PSVR、mm-hmm. uh, would be great. <laughs> um, let's talk about games. <laughs> How's,、uh, how are the studios doing? How is everyone doing? Oh, I, I know they are working very hard. Yeah. yeah and、uh, I, I think Uncharted 4 is coming out. Oh, very <laughs> soon. Very excited. Very excited. I, I assume you've played it.、Uh, well, I, I, I try not to play it, just like yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I tend to play games before、uh, it's complete. And like,、uh, you know, so I, I play games in you know, early stage, you know,、uh, alpha stage, beta stage. Uh, so, when games come,、uh, come out, I might not touch it you know, because I played it. And、uh, that doesn't help me enjoy the best out of our games.、Um, but that's part of my job, right? You know, I have to play it myself to, and、uh, give feedback to the teams because teams can be too close to games when、right. they are in, in、mm-hmm. development. So, me like,、uh, coming in and try, you know, um, um, can, could give them some you know, fresh perspective. So, however, you know, I know Naughty Dog will make amazing games, so they don't need any help. So、yeah. I just like, I, I wait, you know, until it's finished. <laughs> But somehow I got hold of the code, you know, almost final, and I played the first hour or so, and I decided to stop. Yeah, because、uh, it, it was great, but、uh, I really want to play this game like, you know, other consumers.、Right. So, I, 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 I'm trying to forget what I saw. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, how h o w is Sony Ben doing? How's, Sony how's, Ben? How's is, their game shaping up? Well, yeah. Well, some of them are here because it's GDC, right? right? So, I was talking with.、Uh, well, they are doing well. They are doing well. Yeah, they're making a game. <laughs> <laughs> you love this. You love the teams. <laughs>、uh, and I, I'm increasingly happy about what they are doing. Awesome. Yeah. Um, do you have, I, I don't want to dominate the conversation. No, it's fine. You can dominate all you want. I、oh, have、okay. one question. Yeah, yeah. One very obvious question、yeah. for people that know me Crash Bandicoot.、Okay. Will we ever see Crash Bandicoot again?、We、And if so, you see. So,、um, one of the. So, I, I took like 20 or so, you know, maybe more interviews this week after the announcement of PSVR. And、uh, most of the people asked a question about PSVR, but one journalist asked,、uh, so, you know, here and there, you know, people are asking some, you know, classic、uh, game of,、uh, on PlayStation might come back. And I said that the, 
the I have an advice to people that you know you should not try to read too much from uh, you know corporate executive uh, by uh, what they are wearing mm-hmm. on t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, th- so that, as a reference <laughs> to the Crash Bandicoot t-shirt, which was. Maybe not, the smartest, maybe not the smartest idea. Especially if it's Sean Layden. <laughs> Probably, yeah. you know, Sean would wear anything you know he likes to wear the mm-hmm. day of yeah. the presentation. Probably, so. you know, I can see how people drew that conclusion, but but uh, he can do what he wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely t-shirt or not. Um, was out there. How, oh, by the so oh, by the way, yeah. uh, Sean and I used to work together as a localization produ- producer for Naughty Dog Games back in the days. So Sean was in the in Europe in London and uh, localizing games from US and Japan for the European market, and I was in Japan localizing games, Naughty Dog games, you know, from US to Japan. So we used to meet as a group of global like a production team uh, in Naughty Dog office all the time. <coughs> so he has some special attachment to yeah, right, right, of course. No, that, that makes sense. Um, all right, so. So Ben's doing their thing. Sucker Punch coming along. Uh, you had said at E3 you played some prototype. Um, did I say that? You did. You said you played something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said I said played something. Yeah, yeah. You played. I something. didn't say. It's all right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'm fishing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I just had Shannon, Shannon Stud still in uh, from Sony Santa Monica. Hmm. Um, when can we expect? Like, is there any time frame? I know they're like kind of. Oh, skip. sorry, sorry, sorry. I uh, saw the schedule. And Shannon was on the show. Yeah, yeah. Was it today? Yeah, it was today. Just about an hour did, and a half did ago. She, did she do okay? She did great. Okay, she did okay. great. I talked to her PSX too. She's, I know she doesn't do many interviews, but uh, yeah, she yeah, seems yeah, to yeah. like to talk to me. So, well, uh, I, I thought she might be a bit shy on. She, she, she is a little, she is a little shy, but she, yeah. we, I think she and I have good camaraderie. Mm. So, mm. Um, so yeah, we talked a little bit about that. But I know we talked a little bit about them hiring, like doing a hiring spree for their AAA team. Mm. Um, mm. So I guess we're kind of a ways away from seeing anything from them. Uh, you would assume. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else? Oh, by the way, by yeah. the way, did she talk about the new like uh, video series? That yeah, yeah, she started? yeah she had mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, she had talked a little bit about that. Yeah, that, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't actually watched me. They're on yeah. PlayStation blog. Is um, that where they're living or on YouTube? You. YouTube, or if you follow Sony Santa Monica on Twitter, there's a link. Okay. And uh, it, they just released a second episode of focusing on one uh, a team member who, you know, who is doing a job uh, in, the, in the office, Santa Monica office. And uh, those people are super creative and talking about their job and what they do at the studio. You know. So it's pretty interesting. I, I don't know why they are doing it, but maybe <laughs> they are thinking that might help for recruiting right. purpose. Probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it, you know, if you're interested in the uh, process of you know making games in studio, you know that's a pretty well done video. So yeah, it's awesome. She made her pitch at the end in terms of getting trying to get people to you know go to the website and, and apply because mm-hmm. we do have oh, okay. a lot of devs and aspiring devs in the uh, in our audience. Um, instead of prying about games you can't talk about, I'll, I'll well, let's finish with two games that you can talk about. How's uh, the Last Guardian? Uh, looking is it still on track for this year yeah 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 it's yeah. unbelievable isn't it yeah it, yeah, <laughs> it is unbelievable that's why i'm asking <laughs> yeah 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 well you know team in japan uh very busy in working but uh, uh they seem to be very excited awesome i'm excited i want to see yeah, the final definitely. product too and then finally i mean the game i think the first party game we're most excited about other than uncharted which is close is horizon 
Yes. Um, we got confirmation. Uh, did we like we talked to someone? I don't remember who. Oh, who the hell did we talk to? I don't remember. The game is coming out this year, right? I mean, you guys are targeting uh -huh. fall. Yes. Um, I'm so excited. Are you excited about this game? Because I feel like if Horizon is right, if yeah. it's if it hits, and I think you agree, if this yes. game hits and it's what it should be, this is a brand new huge IP. This isn't a one. This doesn't seem like it a one-off game to me. This seems like it could be a series for you guys. And Gorilla pivots away from Killzone or just does this uh, moving forward. I mean, are you optimistic about it? Are you excited about it? Well, like uh, people, media people ask me questions very nicely. That you know, well, you know, this this may be like uh, picking a favorite from your children, but uh, do you have any favorite from uh, the games coming out this year? I always answer Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> even more than Uncharted, you'd say? Uh, well, Uncharted is great. I love. You Uncharted. know what it is, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Horizon is. Oh, I cannot wait to play. Yeah. So this this like uh, robot and uh, it's combat action, right? I love action games, and uh, you know it's an open world, open field. It's it's amazing. It's uh it's super fun. I'm so excited. So that's going to be your big like tentpole fall game, I guess. Is is Horizon? You're going to be focusing on that. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Yeah, I'm excited. But well, next time I come to Japan, maybe you know you can just sneak me a build, and you know because I know you have a you know an alpha build of it at your office probably, and you just let me play it a little <laughs> bit, and we can, we can mess around with it a little bit. That's fine. Um, do you guys have a, like a target date on the Last Guardian? Is it the summer? Or is that also going to be in the fall? Or can you not talk about that? I don't think we are talking about the timing. Yeah, yeah, we release it when it's done. Mm -hmm. We've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's wrap it up there. We don't want to keep Shu forever. He's got other things to do. Shu, thank you for joining us at GDC. I hope you have a good rest of your show. Thank you for, for having me you know, back here uh, this year. And uh, next year, I'll be back to be uh, assistant for this yes. you know, premier British uh, game, game developer. developer. Yeah, he needs he needs his young Japanese assistant to play the yeah, game for him while he talks about game, his new game. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Shu, and thank you, Tim. Thank you. Uh, back to the show. Excellent interview, Colin. Thank you. I assume I still haven't had chance right. to read or watch. Kevin just delivered me the file. So, back to the point then of what you were saying before. What is his? What is? What does he say about the? Well, game? he was saying that you know the he doesn't want people to feel like they needed to buy the camera twice or only give them an option to buy the camera with ah. the PSVR unit. So he's saying kind of half what you're saying, but he's saying like, if we just bundle the camera with the PSVR unit, then what if you have a camera? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And so the, it goes both ways. I think that, I'm that sure there's some marketing to with it. With all due respect point. to Shuhei, I think that that's a great answer. And that's, there's certainly truth to it, if not completely true. But I also feel like that's a little bit PR because you could have two SKUs, but I respect what he's saying. The hidden cost of the, P of the PSVR is only the camera. So, like, the PS4, you'll need $350. The unit's $400, so it's, and then the camera's about $50 or $60. So, you're talking about, like, $800 for everything. The The Vive itself costs $800 yeah. without even having the, the high-end PC rig that you need to run it. Oculus, it's $600 plus the PC rig. So, the hidden cost of those things is the PC. So, I, pound for pound, I, as I said, I think, on Gamescast, Vive could be free, and it would still be more expensive than everything you need, theoretically, to run PSVR. Mm -hmm. So, um, or to just run VR generally on that unit. So, I, I'm quite impressed with it. We've I feel like we've talked about it so much. I don't really know what else to say about well, it. Well, we threw it away that one time. We did the thing at GDC where we lost it, and then we talked about it. On right, Gamescast but we also talked about Gamescast. Yeah, so I, know, I, I, don't I, wanna, I don't want to be redundant. But people, they love the boiled down opinions of the PlayStation faithfully. I'm super stoked. We had a million questions about it. So, Colin, I'm going to start throwing some of them at you. Are you ready? Sure. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, to be part of the show. Go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like Matro Yeesim did. Mm. Hi, Colin and Greg. 
With the PSVR price tag being announced at 399 I am pretty happy. My concern is that it will not hit its potential in the market. Do you worry that if Sony's PlayStation VR does not sell well within 6 to 12 months, that it might lose support like the Vita did? Vita is a great device that seems to have been abandoned. PSTV, I own for remote play and it's great. Never got off the ground and I have also been impressed. I've also been impressed with PS Now. These ideas have not done what Sony thought they will. Will VR be another underachiever? Matt, this has been my concern from the get-go, that this would go the route of, I always say, PlayStation Move, Mm. where it comes out, it gets here, people aren't into it, developers see that, and they don't make games for it. But I don't know, and I don't want to get too bullish. I believe in VR. I like VR. I, I think you're, you're super into VR. You, you talk about it as if it's like, gonna be here for sure forever. I have no, I literally have no doubt about it. That was what I was talking about on the Gamescast with Tim, where, You know, and he's not here to defend his position, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But like comparing it to Waggle, I think is just a huge fallacy. There's nothing gimmicky about VR. It's not a gimmick. Like sure. I, I, I like it. It's it just it just isn't. So, but my th- I, that, I do still worry that it could be a piece of tech that doesn't get get doesn't get adopted. It's if oh, it comes out and does this thing. And I the do other. not think it's going to be to set the world on fire now. But I think yeah. we're going to have VR in ten years. Sure. Again, this I'm, is laying the foundation. I think. And what you when you talk to developers, they're either super into it or not into it. But I feel that there are enough developers that are super into it that. I don't, I was, you know, we talked about the games cast, right? And I still stand by is the fact that cinema mode is a great, you know, play your games on your VR unit is a great way to give you something here at launch. And even if it's a mediocre launch lineup and there's only one standout or whatever, it's still something to use it. So you don't see it on your shelf every day and resent the fact you just spent $400 on it. It's a reason you could put it on. You could show it to a friend. You could do something with it that keeps it in this positive conversation long enough for more games to get here and show you what the real power of VR is. Yeah. I, and I still think that we have to keep open minds and, and be bullish about the possibilities of VR outside of gaming. I just think that like when we think about VR in terms of just gaming, it's small minded and it's not the end. It's the beginning of VR. And that's what it's so exciting about the tech is that it's the proving ground for the tech. And we don't see that very often in games, but as I said before, and some people are confused by it, I think on the Gamescast where I was like, you know, it's a gimmick until it, 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 it was a gimmick until it's not, or it's it's not a gimmick until it is. And what, what that means is anything can be a gimmick. Analog sticks could have been a gimmick until they stuck, right? Sure. Or rumble could have been a gimmick until it stuck or the D-pad back in the day could have been a gimmick until it stuck and replacing kind of a an analog joystick. I feel like VR has such incredible application and is such a way such a new way to play games that it, it, it will seem gimmicky until you put it on and you'll realize it is no gimmick. And the one, whether or not, you know, there are big developers we like out there like Steve Gaynor that don't believe in making games for VR, but I'm not sure that they don't believe in VR as tech. Sure. I've really not met anyone to be honest that I've talked to that has played VR, PSVR, Oculus Vive, whatever it is that hasn't been blown away by it. Like not even like, Oh, that's okay. it's a huge like step. It's, it's something different. It's what you talk about a lot where you're waiting for something that, couldn't have been done on a previous generation. VR is that experience. You have this device and you can't do this on something else in this way. When we were at Achievement Hunter, we were at Rooster Teeth, we were in Achievement Hunter's office and I was playing with the Vive and I was playing like some stupid game where you like are a monster walking through a city. Oh, like, yeah, just yeah, yeah. destroying shit. And it's not a great game. It's just like it's an interesting kind of tech demo. You use like the motion controls to grab things and throw them and crush people and all sorts of stuff. And I like smashed Nick with my hand when I was like throwing something because I had already forgotten that I was even in space like in a space with people around me like yeah. it was weird like I, I was so I was, I'm, I'm like what's going to be like when I <laughs> play Eve Valkyrie or something a game I'm really excited about that I'm willing to break all my conventions be, like no online gaming conventions for instance I'm going to play that game because it's fucking awesome yeah so I think that PSVR or Oculus or Vive 
is relevant, but let me read number two because it's relevant to this. Okay. Number two, GameSpot reports that PlayStation VR may sell 1.6 million units globally before 2016 ends, according to research provided to the website from analyst firm IHS Screen Digest. And we all know that. The research notes that such sales would give PSVR a 64% share of the VR market due to the PS4's ease of use and ready-to-go nature compared to its more expensive, more complicated counterparts that require high-end PCs to run. The firm predicts 53 million PS4s and homes by the end of 2016, which outstrips the reported 17 million PC consumers that are capable of using Oculus or Vive. So that's an interesting number. They count in their in their statistics 17 million PC consumers that are really ready to go. Yeah. Like, and can play Vive or Oculus as is uh, compared to 53 million PS4s that'll be ready to go. Um, and that 1.6 million units will be sold from October to December of PSVR. Well, that's the thing, right? The Amazon UK, they sold out of their pre-order allotment right quick. And then here in North America, right, the deal is that they're only selling the special bundle that comes with the wands and the camera, which right. people are pissed off about. But that was what I saw announced. I haven't seen clarification. Have you? I haven't seen it. At some enough. point, Amazon's going to sell it here in America that you can get just the headset. I'll, when, when I, yeah, when that happens, I'll, I'll order mine. Sure. Um, so this is relevant information, even though it's just a prediction from an analyst firm that does make its money from being right, that... It's not going to set the world on fire, but 1.6 million, even if they sell a million of these things in the first two or three months, that seems to be successful to me. I don't think that they would be ha- dis- disappointed in that. That's a no. pretty significant attachment. And that's what I keep going back to. Yeah, we, you know, we say the same things on these shows every week, I guess. But the fact of, I think it just comes down to what Sony's bar for success is. I think Sony knows what they're doing. You talk to Shu and he says, we're launching this like we launched the PlayStation. In 20 years, we're going to look back and talk about this launch of PlayStation VR. They're talking about laying groundwork and laying a foundation and this isn't the one that destroys everything. This is the one that gets the hardcore people who already are hardcore enough to buy a PlayStation 4 camera and already own a camera to get in and see this tech and be down with it. Speaking of which, over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Randomer wrote in and said, Hi Greg, hi Colin. When I opened my browser Tuesday morning, I read the news about the price for PlayStation VR. I was happy for you guys. Hashtag Colin was right. I listen and watch every week and I see VR as a technology of tomorrow. So, until now, I was thinking of buying PlayStation VR 2 or 3. But during my shower that day, I started thinking about PSVR and the fact that it was cheap and I could show my 80-year-old grandparents or my 21-year-old sister, in-law, side note, she's buying a PlayStation 4 for my brother, Then she says a whole bunch of other stuff, I have no question, but, I have no question, but I am the proof that the price and the novelty of VR will make it sell. Now, I just need the money for it, but that's another problem. Thanks for everything, Valentine. So, it is working for them, right? The price, what we talk about, the optics of it, that it is so much cheaper than Oculus, that it is so much cheaper than Vive. It's half the cost of Vive. And that it's approachable. It, you know what I mean? Like right now we have a vibe in the living room and mm-hmm. Kevin keeps asking me every day. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? Can I take it home? Like, don't take it home because we we'll should just sell it one day. No, we're going to use it for stuff, but it's like, sell it. I don't want to unpack it because we have to bring it in here and use it in the room and use it on the rig. And we're going to have to probably bust the table out of the room to have enough space to use it and all this different stuff and I get it all set up in this different PC. And then our monitors are always in different places. Whereas with PlayStation VR, it's like, all right, cool. There's a PlayStation four in every room on every TV. And just jack it in and sit on the bed even and just move your head and do whatever. Yeah, I think I I'm confident like I, I don't think it's going to be this thing that's going to set the world on fire right away, but it will be it's not going anywhere. It's just not like I just think that there's a significant level of delusion to think that this technology is going to be introduced and that great minds aren't going to be able to do things with it. It might not always have an application in gaming and it might not always set the world on fire with gaming, but it is going to exist and but it see, is going this to have is when applications I feel like outside you, of it. You muddy your own point when you do this because you talk about this all the time that yeah, like 
the the real drive of VR, the real interesting thing of VR isn't the games, right? You always say you hope in 20 years nobody's even talking about it for games. It's You're using it to do these different experiences, live concerts, go to these museums, go to Mars, mm-hmm. different stuff like that. I think that still leaves games out to dry on this round, right? It could be that you get this tech and you play this tech and you're like, this tech's cool, these games suck, but there's something here, and then it is somebody goes off and does it. If you know, whatever happens here leads to the concert venues, leads to this, leads to all these different live event kind of ideas. That doesn't help games if the games fizzle out on that front. No, it doesn't help games, but I'm not, I'm not so, I don't know that I really care. You know, like I, I'm like way more interested in the technology than I am in the games. All I'm trying to say is that this is a rare moment for gaming where the technology will be proven on games. You know, computer, computers, personal computers, as we talked about on the games cast, were simply not proven on games. Games came a little bit later. The application for and what was excited about when Xerox was working on the star and the Alto, for instance, in the mid 70s was the application for your office. Um, you know, the the application of Apple one and especially Apple two um, to uh, run word processing and, and spreadsheets and calculators and all sorts of like weird things like that. Gaming was around and it existed. I mean, gaming was on done on mainframe computers in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. with punch mm-hmm. cards. It's not to say gaming gaming has a very in- intimate relationship with computing. It's just to say that the technology was proven later. IBM PCs weren't sold in 1981 and 1982 on the back of games. It was sold on the back of spreadsheets. So to have this technology come forth and be like, we are going to prove VR with games is exciting and it could be daunting. But I do think that the, the the application of this is going to be obvious like w- immediately it's going to be obvious to people much smarter than us about what to do with it and it's not going to have anything to do with games now we might be playing games of psvr or just vr generally in 10 or 20 years i'm sure we will be but i hope that we don't think about it like that about like look at this great gaming device it's like look at this device that's in the center of your living room in 20 or 30 years that can do anything that moves on to be, have its place like a computer where there's different functions for it exactly gotcha so it's i just i think it's so evident that's why I'm so that's why I'm so shocked that a lot of the naysaying maybe I'm dead wrong, but I don't think so. Like I, I just I just don't now. I think it, the naysaying though is because it's about games right now. You know what I mean? It doesn't benefit anybody if they buy a PlayStation VR. The games all suck. Developers abandon it. But then a developer from a company X makes something awesome in VR. You still spent four hundred dollars on a gaming device that doesn't do anything. Yeah, but when like when, you know, um, Boston Dynamics or uh, NASA or SpaceX get their hands on this thing. Sure. It's going to be way cooler than what I think the game developers are going to do. You know, so, and I also want to say that this can go for augmented reality too. And I do think that both will hit. I, I wonder which one will, will be more important than the other, but, um, I think augmented is too far behind. You know what I mean? I just don't, we, we're not seeing it. We're not on that level yet. Even HoloLens was cool, but where is HoloLens? How far out is HoloLens? Yeah. I don't what know. does that mean? Now here's an idea. Somebody wants to bounce off of you, Colin. Uh, us whatever it's monkey over on kind of funny.com slash psq he's jumping into this whole live action concert thing that lauren lanning was talking about with vr and all this different stuff right hello colin and greg a couple of months ago sony quietly announced that they've bought a concert venue in Times square and called it playstation theater i thought it was an odd purchase because it wasn't really video games related it didn't hit me until gdc when they announced the price for playstation vr that this venue could be used for vr concerts they haven't really talked about the pl- what they plan to do with vr besides video games i forget sony's a huge company outside of gaming they could do vr music videos live vr beyonce concerts private vr music movie screenings or something like experiencing an e3 slash psx press conference in vr for those who can't attend in theory it sounds great but getting all these different sectors of the company on board is probably really difficult could they pull something like this off yeah there's something to that i think although i i you know 
it, who knows because the branding deals are you know the islanders play in barclays center for instance mm-hmm. it's like it's not it's not an uncommon thing for these companies to just get their name on something and i agree with you but it did get its own playstation blog post like they made a thing about it that this was happening and i thought at the time too i'm like that is a weird choice this would be this is a this sounds cra- it sounds crazy when i read it the first time and you thought about it and you're like that actually be a really cool idea. Yeah, I think there's something of like to it. we have this PlayStation Theater and what it is is tied into PlayStation VR and our live events and all these different things. Yeah, I think there's something to it. It goes to what Lauren Landing was talking to us about on uh, Gamescast at GDC, uh, the, the idea of live concerts and live events, which I think is really smart. And I also think it's really smart to buy it in New York just simply because um, not only is it the greatest city in the world, but it's also where every band goes. Yeah, like you don't do a tour without going to New York. So yeah. it's like, why would you ever do that? So it, it's even when even when foreign bands or whatever come for only a few foreigner? shows in, uh, in not foreigner okay but even when foreign bands come from overseas to the united states new york's obviously one of the places you stop in so this is just a way to just work into that like if it's you know it's not it's not like you're getting a, a place in the texas or something like that where it's like you might not go there you know texas is a big state it's just a, it's a hub of of activity to be convenient to the acts that you would need so i i do think that it could be nothing but i do think there's probably something to it how confident are you that psx 2016 will be vr compatible that they'll have a 360 degree camera front row middle of the thing or whatever not front row but right that's a really nice idea probably i mean that's fucking awesome you totally hope they do and that's what you're i mean you're talking about with the applications and what i'll be really fascinated to see how playstation does it because when you're talking about nasa you're talking about you know getting out there for concerts my initial thought and i was always been and what i just talked about right is like that's great that doesn't help playstation vr but when you rope in the fact of like, okay, what if it was the PlayStation Theater and it was that through PSN or more likely or not uh, the PlayStation Theater app that I'd go to that, yeah, I gave them a certain amount of money and I got to go to whatever concert is there or I gave them that and they are showing movies, probably not new stuff, but like Return of the Living Dead's anniversary comes up and they're going to do it this thing and then you can get there and sit with other people. Same thing though becomes like, what does that do to PSX? And I think it'd be PSX over E3 personally. E3 is harder to control. It isn't their show. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have Ethernet and a million things going on there, but there's another million things going on at E3. PSX, it would be all about PSX, right? Like, you'd be able to do that. I, that also gets me super excited to think about what PlayStation blog and, like, their live coverage would be, right? Of PSX, it's, like, roaming reporter or just roaming camera dude, right, who has the 360-degree unit on him and is just walking around, and you get to see everything that's happening at PSX. Yeah, I, again, this is this is the exciting thing, is, like, the, the exciting VR virtual reality is not for games ultimately i mean it's just not for fake things it's for real things so yeah we're gonna be playing games on them i'm excited about the games but it is virtual reality like you are in you know spacex going to mars in 10 or 20 years and putting 3d cameras there so you can walk on the surface of mars is way more exciting than any game except Patapon. period you know like and and being able to go to your favorite concerts or a sporting event being able to pay the nfl i'd pay the nfl 500 a year to just sit and watch the jets you know, in 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 the Meadowlands at the fifty yard line. Would you though? Yeah, we I was talking about how the experience is better on TV. The experience, for that. Is, the experience is better on TV if you are in ninety percent of that stadium. If you are in the set, and you know, because there's a perspective problem when you watch live football, course, as we know. Of course, a ten yard run, depending on where you look, it looks like there it's a run, a run at a loss or something like that. So, like sitting at the fifty yard line or having the option to do that, going to an Islanders game and sitting behind the glass and really being able to like that's what VR is all about to me. Reality, you are virtually in it. Sure, you know, it's not virtual fake shit you know like I so i mean like i like i like the idea of the games or whatever i'm just saying like we let's th- think big i would this love is the proving ground and that's what i'd love to hear sony start talking about or playstation start talking about a little more what are they doing with this new device this new tech outside of games because these uh, they should have probably hire monkey because monkey's ideas are pretty good 
do this at the theater, exclusive theater stuff, exclusive movie stuff, do it at exclusive shows, PSX, all these different things. Sure. Every keynote you have now, every kind of thing like that, you have a camera set up there that there is a reason to jack in to the Matrix. Oh, there should be a reason to jack in on. I'll be jacking in all over the place, jacking off when Jackie T comes back. Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. I'm sitting here right now on PlayStation VR watching this in my underwear. <laughs> sure, it's better than being on the stage. I got another one for you, Colin. Sure. And this is interesting. Massinator32 says, holy shit. PlayStation VR is launching in October for 399 US American dollars. And that is awesome. I was also, it was also mentioned, I should say, that there will be 50 games available at launch. 50 in the launch window, to be clear, from the launch in October until the end of the year is what they're saying. And some of those are sure going to push. Uh, that's a crazy amount of games. So my head immediately went to my wallet. How much will PSVR games cost? I doubt PlayStation VR games will be physical. I don't know all the logistics for that. But what prices do you think will be explored? Will there be a range like there are with indie games that can, indie games that can go anywhere from $5 to $40? Or will there be some kind of set price at like the $30 level, the same way AAA games are typically priced at $60? I will probably buy most of the launch games, so I'm really curious what these will cost. Anyways, you guys are great, and I love the hell out of the show. Mason. Uh... Uh, a, it was something. It was a question I thought about after Shu had left, which was, "Will games be released at retail?" And I think they will be. So I, I, I agree. I, that so they I, will. I, I think that's number one. I do. I think, think there will be a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of indie stuff, just like there is now on any. You other have to have 4. games on the shelf next to the unit. You, you can't just sell the unit with the hope of PSN selling games. Rigs, E Valkyrie, yeah, like the big, the big Ace Combat, real games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The real games, quote unquote. Yeah. So I think the price point is going to go from free to sixty. And one of the things I brought about up on the Gamescast was the idea of games being even more expensive typical games that would need to be reworked in some way to run in PSVR because as we talked about with uh, with uh, Steve Gaynor a while ago like you can't and we, and, and we know like you can't just put a game on PSVR it needs to be rendered twice at 120 frames and uh, you know we're 60 and 60 so that it looks right and they're in Sony saying even saying like they're not even sure that they would allow games running at lower than 60 on, on PSVR at all because it just doesn't work sure um, so yeah, I, I I still have this idea, and I know it's a technical hurdle, and it's probably not possible. I'm not, I don't have a technical mind like that, but to just say like, Far Cry Five is sixty dollars. You can buy a twenty dollar patch for it that will rework it so that it will work on VR. You know, like I think I really do think you're going to see shit like that. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I, I think because you're not going to have a game that can run natively in VR. And run on the TV at the same time because that doesn't seem to be right either because then you're like leaving you're kind of making concessions for one or the other and then you're forcing those concessions on the person that doesn't want to play like that. But it also allows developers to make a little bit of money on making a game VR compatible and then having that checkbox on the on the box, especially if PSVR takes off, which it may or may not. I don't know if that will, but. I don't know. I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. I just, I just feel don't. like the way we've talked to developers when they're talking about how you have to, not only the rendering part of it, but the fact that things have to exist in this 3D plane or whatever. You have to build them out and your HUDs have to be completely different. And then the you know field of view is so different and all these different things. I just feel like it breaks the game. To like, It's what we they've talked about. it. Like I think it was Steve right? who was talking about it. it isn't as easy as just porting a game over to VR. You have to go in and rebuild all the assets. And so when you sit down and you, for Far Cry 5, you start talking about how much time that would take and how much work that would take. I don't think the $20 is... is so maybe it's $120. Or maybe the game is only built for PSVR. I don't know. Like, See, I there needs the, to be some... I think it'll be that it's only built for PSVR. There needs this, to, I'm sorry. This, this is the way VR succeeds, is that it's built for VR. <laughs> 
None of this fucking bullshit move windowed in. Here's one mode in Bioshock where you fucking use a move. That's garbage. Nobody wants that. Those modes suck. It has to be built from the ground up. Yeah, I think that there needs to be a triple A AAA solution because I do not think that PSVR will be a gaming uh, have much gaming application for very long if they're not triple A games. The good news about Sony selling it at a profit, which they did confirm and I couldn't believe, is that um, this money can be used to reinvest into not in their internal studios, but probably because I don't think their internal studios are really interested in making VR games other than maybe London and Gorilla Cambridge and Japan Studio. And clearly Sony Bend, who just won't release a game. <laughs> I doubt Ben's working on a Eric VR not. game. He's got glasses. He knows. But uh, we're invested in the second parties to make new games. New AAA. They, they, I do think that people are asking a lot why we talk about Vita and PSVR side by side because I think they can learn a lot from the way Vita was handled. To make PSVR more viable, they must invest money. They must like that's why people are like, oh, they're making a profit. I'm like, it's not gratuitous. It's not an altruistic thing they're doing. A and B, like they can use this money to reinvest into the yeah. PSVR thing. If they were losing fifty dollars a unit, plus they had to reinvest money into into games to the tune to maybe a hundred million dollars or more, given to ten different teams. I don't know. I, I I just think that you have to. They have to invest that money wisely into into second party and hopefully third party experiences. Sure. I'm just curious how much asset reworking is really required because it doesn't really make any sense to me. And I don't have a technical mind of why if the if if Far Cry four or Far Cry five is in 3D in a first person perspective, why you couldn't just make that first person perspective render twice on a, on a headset. And that wouldn't I don't see how that would break the 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 assets. You would need to rework the HUD because that couldn't be flat. Mm-hmm. But everything else is already in 3D. So that's the kind of stuff that like I'm little I'm a little fuzzy on because I am not you and I are stupid yeah I'm not we talking to microphones for a job we don't know what the hell's going on because like that seems to be an, I don't want to say easy because I'm sure it's not easy but that seems to be something that would be possible I don't understand why a rock in Far Cry Five wouldn't look right in a headset it's already rendered in 3D you know what I mean yeah I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm trying to wrap my head around the problem because I I don't know either obviously. Now, someone like Steve Gaynor knows much more about this than us, and I take him at his word because the HUD thing is a real is a real problem. Yeah, but that's where the twenty dollars patch would come in to remove the old HUD and mm-hmm. remove all of the things that don't work and add in all the things that do work. But you think that the infrastructure of the shooter, like if you removed everything on the screen that was flat, so like the HUD, yeah, the menus, yeah, and you just were in the game in a headset, why wouldn't that render on PSVR? That's the one it's thing. That, the, that's oh, the one yeah. thing. I, that's the but one I mean, thing. Think I don't about understand. it this way. Think about it when we were talking to severed guys when drink box when they were in right and they were i think you asked them on there about playstation vr right and they were talking about it and they're like well the fact of the matter is there's no roof and there's no floor you know what i mean like the game's built around and i'm not saying well that that's a big that's a huge difference compared to what we're but, talking no no because okay. there is a floor and there is a roof sure but i mean think about looking down in far cry like what is your body you don't see your body ever right and that's something you have to solve for there's like little shit like that that, that you're using like where are all the weapons going and coming from we never know but if I could suddenly look over my shoulder and just see that there's all fucking piled behind me or nothing or appearing from no that's a little shit where it's like there's so many little workarounds and sleight of hand tricks that developers use for games that we would never know about but when they go in there like I think Firewatch right when they went in there and like turned the camera around and it's just like this horrifying arm like it's just an arm and all this shit over here that like pulled out and that with those screenshots they released that were like to show you how fucking weird it is there's that kind of thing and I'm not saying these are deal breakers I think you're, you're making a good point with the Far Cry now I'm understanding a little more what you're talking about with like the HUD but I just Everybody seems to think it's and say that it's more complicated than we think it is, which I understand. Oh, I'm sure it's not easy at all. It's not like porting a game from PS4 to Xbox One, but or it's not like fucking versa. putting your goddamn trophies on your trophyless game. Uh, but it's it's it, it, it's just interesting to me to learn more about why this might be so hard from a game's perspective. Developers if you, if you stripped, right in. If you stripped all of the flat things out of a game so that you are in a 3D world already, then why wouldn't that game work? 
That's that's the one that's the one thing I don't understand. So when Steve Gaynor says that you have to rework all of the assets, does he literally mean all of the assets or does he mean the HUD assets mm-hmm. or the flat assets? Or the personal assets like your legs or your arms that, you know, aren't you're just a block really behind the camera because what the fuck do they care? But they have to worry about that when you have to when you look at yourself. I I'm positive they know way more than I do, but I just don't understand it. I need to wrap my head around that. I need a technical somebody discussion. About one of the that. developers who knows us and is working on VR. Email me, please. And we'll figure it out. I also I'm saying $60 for retail games. I think they're going to yes. stick at that thing. Yeah, I think Brinks will be 60. I think, things. but I still, I think your indie games, your other VR games, your ER experiences, I think are going to come in more like $29.99. I, I think it, it'll be a while before we get indies that are going down to like, you know, where you're thinking $9.99, 15 bucks. Well, what's interesting about that is that I think the games are probably harder to make and I think that they are going to need a greater margin too. So this is one of the things that you might have to get used to with PSVR is that if there's only say 2 million of them in the wild by March of 2017, then these guys are only going to be selling 10, 20, 30, 50,000 units of a, of a normal game, maybe. And so they're not going to be able to charge the usual five, ten, fifteen dollars for a game because how are they going to make another one? So I think we're going to have to get used to paying more, unfortunately, for Agreed. VR games. 100%. And that's, or VR experiences, Experience. as it were. The other thing that, that Shuei touched on, which I thought um, uh, pretty interesting, well, there, there were multiple things, but the one thing he talked about was that they were afraid they would have too many games. And that's one of the, and that's one of the things because it's a real I, threat I, because yeah. it's so funny. It's almost serendipitous that he brought that up considering that that would have, well, I was talking about with Donald mustard and a couple other people. I was talking about that with Cliffy B. I talked about Shannon Sud still about like, are there too many games? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my, I am emphatically. Yes. Half the shit that's released on PSN, if not more every week should never be released. These guys are selling 10,000 units of a game. It's like, well, you're burying what was the point? Your stuff. So they, it seems like they're cognizant of that with PSVR that they need to have quality experiences that are not hard to find. If you if you launch with 50 games, I think it's a huge mistake. No reason to launch with 50 games. There's no reason to have 50 games on that thing in six months. You know what I mean? The, like thing, about the, the thing about 50 games between October and the end of the year that I understand would be the fact that if these are coming out and they are experiences. You know what I mean? Like... I played that uh, Gary the Gull game right now. I'm sorry. I played Gary the Gull experience at PS uh, VR's release in, at GDC. And it's an interactive short film. You know what I mean? There's no game to it. You sit there. You nod. It's totally. And I guess in the final version, you'll be able to talk into your camera. But we were at a lot, a lot of events. So it was just based on nodding or shaking your head. No, while this seagull talks to you. And it was cool. And it was like neat, But it was super short and it was over. And it's like. Would I ever play that again? No. Would I spend five dollars on it to have so that yeah, when grandma comes over, when mom comes over, I get to say that. I think that's when they say there's going to be fifty games. I think there's going to be five real games, five like games that are like meaty and eating up all your time. You're leveling up in Eve Valkyrie and you're doing all this stuff. And then I think there's going to be forty-five to forty experiences that are probably coming in and like. This it'll it'll be clear. This is a kind of a demo. See how this works. Da, 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 da. I think you're going to see a lot of that stuff that we've seen so far and tinkered around with. I wouldn't be surprised if they like put out the kitchen as like a, an experience, right? And here's an experience pack: five VR experiences for twenty five bucks or something like that. And it is these tech demo. They are these tech demo reels. We'll see. We I will. Think you're probably right about in that. October. All right, number three. Or do you have more questions? No. Go. Number three. According to a substantially sourced report from Kotaku, Sony is officially working on and seemingly plans to release an updated PlayStation 4 unit dubbed by many 
the PS 4.5. Here's what Kotaku had to say. So instead of like boiling it down, I'm just going to read the story. Okay. This story is by our friend Patrick Klepek. We love you, Patrick. He says, Sony is currently planning a new version of the PS4 with increased graphical power and games running at 4K resolution, developer sources tell Kotaku. We don't know whether current PS4 owners will be able to upgrade or if they'll have to buy an entirely new device to benefit from the power boost. But from what we hear, Sony has started briefing developers. Based on conversations with developers who have spoken with Sony, this PS 4.5 will include an upgraded GPU both to support high-end 4K resolution for games and add more processing power to that that can enhance the games supported by PlayStation VR. The headset Sony will launch this fall. It's unclear if PS 4.5 is an official name or just a nickname that developers have been using. One developer jokingly called it the PS 4K while telling me about the device. In layman's terms, 4K resolution is around four times the pixel size of 1080p, which is the current standard for games on PlayStation 4 and competing consoles. The current PS 4 can output 4K photos and videos, but cannot support 4K resolution for games. With this upgrade, it would. Besides resolution, developers would have an opportunity to push more effects and other graphical tweaks to make their games look better, thanks to the new GPU. A more powerful PS4 would also allow the machine to be more competitive with PCs in the world of virtual reality. With a higher-end GPU, the PS4 could easily match up against the more expensive Oculus Rift and HTC Vive virtual reality headsets, which are designed to work with powerful PCs. When contacted yesterday about this report, Sony declined to comment. Quote, we can't comment on rumors or speculation, unquote, a spokesman said in an email. The traditional response. The circle of people who knew about this upgraded PS4 was small until recently. I first heard about the device from one trusted source, then two. Kotaku's Jason Schreier and Steven Tatillo were also able to independently verify the existence of these hardware plans with their own developer sources, although some of the details have been vague. One source told us that the device felt exploratory and that it may not even be released this year. We've also heard uh, that at this week's game developer conference in San Francisco, Sony held meetings with developers about the hardware and how it would work. As we were chasing down the story, coincidentally, Kotaku uh, UK EIC Kevin McDonald. Oi, governor, we can McDonald, ain't it? Overheard some developers casually talking about the machine while online at GDC. They mentioned the name PS4.5 and discussed its increased horsepower, mentioning both 4K resolution and PlayStation VR. Our sources aren't sure when this upgraded machine will ship to consumers, nor how much it will cost. The PS4's price dropped from $400 to $350 last fall, and one source indicated that this new PS4.5 could let Sony keep selling PS4 hardware at a higher profit margin for $400. There are still a lot of big questions surrounding the device. Will Sony allow people to trade in their existing PS4s to buy their new machine? No. How will developers cope with releasing games on multiple types of hardware? I don't think they will. Could, could some games only support PS4.5, as is the case with the new Nintendo 3DS? I don't think so. When this PS4 goes on sale, will Sony be able to sell old PS4 hardware at a lower price? How can Sony manage all of this without fragmenting the market? Right now, we don't have the answer to those questions. The PS4.5 the PS4. may not be alone either. I've heard whispers about an upgraded Xbox One for a while now, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and that goes back to Phil Spencer's whole thing about like he th- sees this console generation being one that is changeable, upgradable. Now, this concerns me greatly and about PlayStation's prospects of ruining a good thing. And I'm curious about what you think about this, uh, about this news, because your one thing about they're, they're only making games for PS4, not PS4.5. Of course, they're going to only make games for PS4.5. So why? Otherwise, how would it work? You know? Well, I mean, I think the fact of the matter is it's it's. Uh, the idea would be that it runs better on PlayStation 4.5, right? Wouldn't that be the way? Like, in my head, not again, not being a, a developer, not being a hardware manufacturer or anything, right? What not? I, no, I know. Surprisingly, no, not. No, shocking. Me, me and Portillo aren't building PS4s back there. I think there's a way for it to coexist, not coexist, but like phase out. Like when it, I would think PlayStation 4.5's arrival would mark the end of the PlayStation 4 skew we know and have. I would think that Hey, listen, we're putting out this new one. It's going to run games better. It's going to make VR look better. It's going to do dot, 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 dot. I think it's like PC. I think that's the best way I can compare it or put it into how my mind thinks about it is it would be like 
you're going to have either high end specs or low end specs. You're going to have there's two specs here. And if it says it's PlayStation 4.5 compatible, it won't say compatible. It'll say enhanced by PlayStation 4.5. Exactly. Right. And it'll be one of those things where you put it in. It won't be like a PC. You'll put it in and it'll know if it's PS 4.5 or not. And then you'll get that kind of experience. I think if and so then it would be the only messaging I see away because in my so in my head in the Greg Miller scheme that's how it works right. These games work on either system. They just run a lot better over here, and you're gonna get games that are not running you know well at all on PlayStation Four, and they're running great on PlayStation Four point five. That sucks. I don't think it's gonna be every game. It's gonna be the games that aren't optimized. It's gonna be this. It's gonna be again high and low settings where. Yeah, you get all these PC reviews and it is. Well, it runs really crappy on this GPU or this processor or uh, hard drives. Is that what they use? Mouse, mouse and keyboard. If you use this mouse and keyboard, it doesn't run well. I don't know what the hell happens in PC reviews, but you understand my point. And I think what you do, though, is that you phase out the old PS4. So it's like if you are going to the store to buy a PlayStation 4, now you are buying a PlayStation 4.5. I don't think you sell it as a boutique item. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm in. If they come out and they're like, PlayStation 4.5, it's better on VR, it'll look better, it makes your games run better, PlayStation Store will run better, in general, it's just, maybe it's got a better internet interface or whatever, so I'm getting better speeds on up and down, even though people have said that's PlayStation servers, and again, that's outside of my wheelhouse of expertise. If it's a better PlayStation experience, I'm in, and that gets me super excited, period, about it. I love a souped up PS4. I love my PS4 now. But I think you put that into shelves, you put it on store shelves, and maybe you, this is where I don't have an answer for you, Colin. Is that I think you put it on store shelves, phase out the PlayStation 4. You you know, you end that skew altogether. This is the new skew. But the problem with doing that is I don't understand how much more it costs to make the new PlayStation. So I don't know. For me, the problem and the messaging issue wouldn't be that there's two, because there wouldn't be anymore. There would just be PlayStation 4.5. But I don't know if you need to go back to the $399 price point. That's the one thing I can't wrap my head around because if that would be the one confusing thing because it was a big deal to bring the price down, people like that thing. But now for $50 more, you're getting a better unit. Is that enough or is the profit margin already on what they have already on PlayStation 4? Is it still there with PlayStation 4.5 but not to the same extent, but they're ready to eat that cost to get this out to make PlayStation VR better, to sell that, to sell games? You know what I mean? Like There is a domino effect here. Yeah, I I. Don't know that you're right though. I think I, I I just I just don't see them. This is a bad idea. I I just I don't I don't see, if if it works the way you th- you say it's going to work, then it's fine. But I just don't know how it would work like that because then you're telling console developers that they have to start scaling their games like and have and have settings and stuff like that. The one thing about making, from what I understand from my developer friends, about making console games is you know exactly what is going to run your game. Right. Like the PS4 is the PS4. All forty million of them are the same. So exactly. like you, so now you're going to have multiple SKUs of PS4s and like, what if then the patch doesn't work on this PS4, but it works on this PS4 and then this guy, this guy's PS4 runs this game better, but then this guy's PS4 runs it like shit, but he didn't know that because he doesn't, he only buys two games a year. Like, I hear you. I don't know, man. Uh, this, 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 when I read this, I was like, oh no, like this isn't good. You can't, you, you, if you're doing this, they have to be, and they've been very clever so far with everything they've done with PSVR, with PS4 itself, been very clever about the marketing and the way everything rolls out. But why interrupt the ps4 right now why disrupt anything this thing is on pace to outsell ps2 which is unbelievable it's not going to 152 million units not possible there's no way the ps4 sells that much but ps4 will sell over 100 million units making it one of only four consoles that would have ever done that up there with the original ps1 ps2 and the wii it's a really successful unit and i'm talking about home consoles not handles. now real quick to inter- interject though it, on my side of the fence and again 
we're saying the same thing. I don't know. You're right. I do love that about consoles. It works. I always make fun of PCs for that, right? But what you just said kind of plays into their strategy. If they can do this and release the new PlayStation 4.5, that is, you know, does this, does this better, da, da, da. I'm ready to buy a new one, and I bet a whole bunch of our fans are ready to buy a new sure, one. Sure, so suddenly are you are that, mo- you're moving more units than you, again you're you're getting a you're pumping the number back up. I'm not buying PS4s anymore. I got two. I'm done. You know what I mean? I have one in my house. But now all of a sudden there's a new unit out there. I would a whole bunch of people would. And then if you're doing it the way I'm pos- I'm positioning it, and you know ignoring the how does it work factor of it, you'd suddenly then you won't you don't lose anybody. You don't lose anybody who was you know on the fence about it. Now they may, they even need another incentive to buy it because it's better than it was before. But the stratification of of consoles never really happened. Like the only examples of it really happening was like with uh, the expansion pack on N64, yeah. which was like something that actually came with a game at one point, and maybe like the Ethernet hookups for PS2 and stuff like that. But it wasn't like a major thing. Like you couldn't play Majora's Mask without the expansion pack, right? Yeah. On N64. But most games worked fine on N64 and they never released a new N64 ever. It was the same unit always. Nothing was built in from the very beginning to work with it with the unit you already had. So the two things I'm wondering, and again, this is a technical thing, is is to Tim's point on Gamescast, is is the PS4.5 or the expandable console going to work with it somehow work with the USBs or something like that? I don't think that's possible. Mm -hmm. So the only Mm -hmm. other thing that I, I think is that they are going to release a unit that might be the new PS4 Slim that might be the 2009 version of the PS3 when it, you know, it became $300 or whatever, except for this is probably more expensive. But I, I fear for them because this isn't, we are, we are the console space is about, is not about unity over Xbox, PS4 and Nintendo. <laughs> everyone seems to hate each other, but the, but the, but PS4s are PS4s or PS4s are PS4s. Yeah, yeah. And PS4 is already the most powerful console. Now it's not, it's not going to be maybe, when Nintendo releases the NX, something I don't think that the NX is going to be more, more powerful too. than PS4, but um, that doesn't seem to be Nintendo's thing. But I just don't know that this is a good idea. I think that they really might shoot themselves directly in the foot by doing this. That that this this is if there's not a clever way to do this that does not affect anyone, then don't do it at all. At least not now. Do it later. I think that the the impetus behind the PS4 Ford 5, should the rumors be true, and I suspect that they are, considering you know Kotaku wrote it, and I trust them completely, is the VR unit. Yeah, like it wasn't. I don't think it's about 4K. I don't think any of that no. matters. I think it's. I think it's like they were saying, like, oh shit, like we can't render this stuff the way it needs to be rendered for big games, and eventually Oculus and Five are going to embarrass PSVR because they're not dependent on a static piece of hardware. Yep. And so this is going to make people think differently about PlayStation or think differently about home consoles. I just don't know that the console space wants that. And I and I still contend that the console space never cared about power. And so you're forcing them to care about power because of something they might not even want. And then this is going to cause different tiers or different echelons of games because I do not believe that in four years, if the, like if the PS 4.5 comes out next year, in two years, there are going to be games that will not run on the original PS4 because why how is that all going to work? Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. If the, if the extra CPU and GPU stuff or whatever for rendering graphics or rendering uh, bigger worlds and, and less popping and all that kind of stuff, I just, then you're just going to get the shitty low no frills version yeah. of it. And then you're just going to pawn that off on people with the original PS4, the people, by the way, that were there first, you know what I mean? That, that to me is a dangerous market play. You're going to tell the people that bought your shit already, you know, and has supported it and made it what it was you guys need to get another one now along with all the other people that are going to buy in now. And I'm going to sit there and be like, well, dude, I've been there since November, 2013. That's kind of bullshit, isn't it? Pascal Durbin writes into kind of slash PSQ. Just like you can to get your questions read on the air and says, hi, 
Greg and Colin. Rumors of a so-called PlayStation 4.5 are running amok, and having just bought my PS4 a couple of months back, this leaves a sour taste in my mouth. An upgradable console is one thing, but being complete compelled to replace an entire system more than once in a generation is something else entirely. My question is this. If the rumors are true, do you guys think that this is a necessary step to keep up the pace with the other platforms and the emergence of VR, or is it a slap in the face to the 40 or so million PlayStation 4 owners, especially those 8 millions, myself included, who purchased their consoles this last holiday season, in the hope that it would see them through the end of the current generation? Much love from South Africa, Pascal. No that's, that's, that is definitely the, the concern you're bringing up. And no disrespect to him. It's a bigger insult to people that were there in 2013. Sure. You know, and 2014. That people that made and buttressed, buttressed these numbers and got these developers working on games that are going to be coming out over the next few years. Like, those are the people that bought in. And so I just, I think this is super complicated, which is why one of the guys, you know, that used the word exploratory in talking to Kotaku. Because I don't, I don't believe that this is the thing that's necessarily going to happen. I don't, I can imagine a fight. And this is all conjecture, but I can imagine a fight between the marketing team and like and being like, how do we do it? Like how, you know, but, but we could all also be looking at this through warped lenses that aren't even what they're doing. And so like we don't have any answers and they're not going to sure. talk about it. So and that's the thing is like we uh, we don't have all the information. So you're left to jump to conclusions. But I think the main concern and knee jerk reaction, right, is that uh, I, I've just bought it. I've done this. I expected this. I expected this. I expected that. I mean, that's not the way the world works anymore. We talk about how do you keep up with this and how do you keep people buying it? How do you keep doing it? I, you know, how many people buy a phone every year? You know what I mean? Like buy a phone every year for the next suite of upgrades to do all these different things. Sure. Like I did buy my PlayStation 4 at launch, right? And right now, if they were like runs better, lo- sl- less load times, da 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 da, it's going to make, v- I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm totally in because I love my machine experience so far. And I know I'm not everybody. And maybe that is the thing. Right. It's a luxury item. You're still using an iPhone 5. You don't need to jump that way. And so certain things don't run as well, but you're not like destroyed by it. No, it's true. And you're right. We do look at tech in a different way because we are such a consumerist technological society now that we don't hold on to things for years anymore like we used to. But you also have to remember that like it's, it's, it's a price thing, too. Like we could easily we may, we both make well above the median household income I know. in the United States. You know, like. There are people that just that bought in, saved their money, worked hard to buy their PS4, and then and then and then someone should be like, "Fuck you," you know. Now, like like now, and I I, I just I know that's not necessarily how it's going to go down. I'm sure that's not going to be Sony's intent, regardless of sure, how it sure, shakes sure. out. But to me, I wouldn't be surprised if some people felt that way. It's like, no. what the fuck? Like we we bought in on this PS1 came out in '95, and they were making games on it until 2003. PS2 came out in 2000, uh, and they were making games on it until a couple of years ago. And then the PS3 is still getting games, even though it came out in 2006. And I bought this thing in 2013, and in 2017, I have to buy a new one, right? You know, or I'm I'm asked to buy a new one to play the best version of the games that should be running on my machine for several more years. I understand the PS4's power is finite, and I also understand the technology is moving exponentially forward. But I just feel like, and I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'll buy it too. I don't. I actually, the selfish part of me is like, fine, that sounds great. You I know, mean, my but, main thing is, I just feel like this is what right now with zero information, right? As we talk about this, it is us coming off uh, us, and I mean, I mean, both of us, the gaming populace coming off as a bit entitled. Like, yeah, the business models change because it's not fucking 1989 anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that world anymore. We live in a world where everything is evolving all the time. And so this is the the, Xbox is doing the same thing. Right. And this is the same thing that was brought up over on our kind of funny dot com slash PSQ from Eagle Laser Cobra. Hey, guys. The rumor going around is that Xbox might release an updated and more powerful Xbox One. I was just wondering if you guys think about these half steps in console generations and if you think that people who don't update might get burned somehow. Personally, I'm against these upgrades and more powerful things because I want 
I, if I wanted to update my gaming equipment every two to three years, I'd buy a PC. Thanks for your awesome show, PX. I love you, Alex. We're seeing that. You're, we're talking about that. And that's the thing is I just feel like console manufacturers are painted into a corner in the fact that right now, or yeah, right now everything's going fucking gangbusters and it's really doing well and awesome, blah, blah. But Vive and Oculus and PC gaming are making these leaps every six months. What is the thing where the computing oh, power changes? Yeah, it's uh, Baker's Law or something. Like yeah, that. exactly. I mean, everything is changing all the time. And what happens is, yeah, sure, it's fine. But then how many times, I mean, do you see PC games ported over and it, the console version does get the shit version and it doesn't run well and da 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 da? Like, that's the thing I think they're trying to stop in a business model and trying to figure out. I don't know if this is a solution. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that I think we need to be aware that it's 2016 and like the the things that have worked before for decades aren't the same things anymore. Apple's shown a whole new thing with hardware and how this can all work. I don't know what the solution is. I'm totally on board with buying a new PS4 though. It's Moore's law, by the way. Um, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. Things are changing. It's just it's at the very least we can say it's unprecedented in the console space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When when the there was new SKUs of even Atari consoles, but when the new when the top loading NES came out, for instance, in 1994, alongside new games, <coughs> some 10 years after the NES came out, it still played all your games. Sure, it actually played them better. But you could play all of those games. Mega Man Six, for instance, or Yoshi's Cookie came out alongside. The top only NES, which could be played on the original NES SKU, the very first one you totally in New York City in 1985. So that's the, and the same thing with SNES, the same thing with PS1. Uh, you know, the PlayStation came out and the PS1, the small one with you could put the little screen on it, played all your games. PS2 had multiple SKUs, PS3 had multiple SKUs. So it is at the very least unprecedented and it's going to require education and it's going to require patience. But I think maybe the way you're pitching it is smart to say like, well, you don't have this expectation with your laptop or your phone or your tablet, which or you'll, report, you'll gladly games. replace. Yeah, yeah. So... We'll you know, see. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too, but there should have been more foresight if this is what they wanted to do into the unit that already exists because there was no reason why this PS4 unit couldn't have been, couldn't have had options, you know, for, it might've been complicated. You might not want people to do it, but expand it, yeah, yeah. you know, like expand it a little bit. Yeah. Have ways to pull things in and out, like make it very consumer friendly. Maybe it's a little more expensive at the beginning. Maybe you charge a little more for it, but you, with the understanding of being like, well, we, this is so friendly that even your even your electronics ignorant grandmother could replace plug and play the CPU in this thing or whatever it is by doing X Y and Z. It's very simple, that's you right. know. Now I'm not saying that that's an easy thing to engineer, but I'm not an engineer at Sony, you know. So it's it's uh, if that's the way they want to play it, the unit should uh, the, that PS4 the way it is right now that 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 beautiful sexy beautiful piece box. of piece of work, you know. Should have been the same one we could could use for ten years. Just I hear you. Shit in and out of it. I hear you. But again, easier said than done. What the fuck do I know? Number Nothing. four, Uncharted Four: Thief's End has officially gone gold. Naughty Dog's Neil Druckmann, friend of the show, revealed the news on Twitter, holding the final gold copy of the game on a burned Blu-ray disc. He also noted that I was <coughs> wrong with the Colin was wrong hashtag about the reason for the delay. Maybe manufacturing was to blame after all. So I think he also tweeted out a picture, although I couldn't find it, of someone installing the game on a PS4. Um, so the game, yeah, I think Naughty Dog might have already did. Yeah, yeah. So the game's done. Um, Hooray! I'm sure they'll patch it. Uh, but yeah, so they're sending it over for manufacturing. The game comes, comes out until May. We probably won't get it for another month. Um, I'm predicting we have it by the end of the show. That would be bold, huh? <laughs> I'm going to check my email right now. All right, this is the weirder. You're going to check your email for the, the game has to go through cert. We'll start it for him. Well, if we give it the seal of approval, we'll just hit up shoe, be like, it's good. Publish. Put on the PSN. All right, we don't uh, update. We don't have our uncharted codes. All right, so this is a weird one. Number five, Rhyme 
The PS4 exclusive originally revealed at Gamescom in 2013 before PlayStation 4 was even released has officially reverted back to Spanish developer Tequila Works. The company both tweeted out and about it and released a press statement, a uh, press release and statement to sites like Polygon, noting that, quote, SCE is no longer proprietary of the IP nor the publisher of the game, end quote. In a tweet, the company said, quote, Tequila Works has chosen to reacquire the rights to its open world adventure game, Rhyme. We look forward to the release of Rhyme in the future, end quote. The company also insists on Twitter that the studio is still working on the game. This story is very, very fishy. There's way <laughs> more to this story. Now, over at NeoGAF. Oh, here we go. To the GAF. L. Harry, or Harry, it's, so it's L-H-E-R-R-E, or it could be a capital I, but I think it's L-H-E-R-R-E. You know how it usually says member or what junior or whatever yeah, it yeah. says. It says accurate under his name or whatever. So apparently this person has been verified. Again, take everything with a grain of salt that I'm about to say. Here's what he or she says. Tell me what the Harry says. About Rhyme. All this info, he or she says, comes from a source very close to the studio. <laughs> First of all, I was told that the reveal trailer was all cinematic. It was faked to mimic gameplay, assets, etc. from the real game, but 0% of the game was implemented. So if all the real challenge for the studio was to put all that vision into the final game, and apparently this has been impossible to achieve. This words are... Oh, what does that mean? This words are a direct quote from my source about this news and the studio itself. It contains his personal opinion. Quote, Sony re- required about one month ago that the dev kits be returned and canceled fundings into Tequila Works due to the game had no sense. Basically, there wasn't a game. <laughs> no sense. <laughs> now, Tequila Works is Spanish, so you assume this person's first language is in English. This is a consensus. Uh, no, uh, this no, is okay. a consensus. I don't know what it says. Of the bad studio direction. Basically, Ra- Raul Rubio thinks that he is the next Tim Schafer. The truth is that Raul was fired from Mercury Steam. Mercury Steam is the Spanish studio behind Castlevania. Of course. The people from Mercury Steam speak really badly about him. The main critics are, critic, critics are he has no idea about games, technology. He has crazy ideas without sense. If you add that his wife is the chairman of Tequila Works and looking into info, you can find this. You can see that basically she is in public notary in Spanish. She hasn't any background in making games. The results are that Rhyme has no publisher and it is not canceled due to the fact that they got public Spanish funds to develop the game. Um, so there's a lot of like weird shit going on and rumors about Rhyme, by the way, have been circulating in like insider forums like NeoGAF for some time that the game was fucked. Um, take all of that, all of it with a grain of salt and sanctuary. But Rhyme um, it seems like SCE gave Rhyme back to Tequila Works. And, and the one thing that's weird to me about the story, uh, the, the comment I think on, on Twitter was that we have chosen to reacquire the rights to a game that you didn't own. It sounds to, it, now again, this is all conjecture. It sounds to me. It's Tony said like, you know what? You go ahead and keep that. You go ahead and work on that. You enjoy um, that. Now people have to remember that this isn't the first time Sony has dropped an exclusive. Remember me is a really great example of a game. Sony funded. Um, don't nod um, the guys that are now huge because of life is strange made remember me which was an interesting kind of uh, dystopian you know third person game um, and Sony straight dropped it It was supposed to be a PlayStation 3 exclusive they dropped the game and Capcom published it um, later on so this isn't the first it time won multiple game of the year awards no but uh, th- this is the first time so this is not the first time Sony has dropped a game I'm just interested in what the hell happened here exactly. it sounds to me like the game was just a disaster now uh, you know whether or not that's true, whether or not w- whatever happened, who knows? But um, who's to say? Yeah, I just think that. Uh, do you have any insight into this? Because people were excited. No, about it sounds I really like this game fuck, was but. off the rails. You know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, it, it, granted, sure, it's all conjecture there, but whatever. Like, it does. It, I'm sure Sony was like, mm, no, we're just, we're done. Well, the big thing about the the again the unsubstantiated but apparently true NeoGaf post is that they went and they were like, you're giving us our dev kits back. That's a pretty, that's a pretty bold thing to say. Like you're not like, they probably were funneling money into this. And it seems like a lot of people on NeoGAF, you know, people that aren't accurate in quotes, um, were just like, it sounds like a scam. It sounds like there was never a game or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not trying to go that far. These guys did make a game. They made Deadlight, but 
Um, so it's not like this was their first game. Sure. It just seems like uh, it was like a hope and a dream that Sony was like, you know, have a shot. Yeah. Like you, you did not. They, they this, probably you dumped, have nothing to show for all this work. Yeah. They probably dumped, you know, you would assume tens of millions of dollars into the game. So um, since it was in, it was announced in 2013. So who knows when it actually entered development? Yeah. Um, maybe we'll know the real story one day. I don't know. But um, we'll find out. We will we'll see what happens. I bet we'll find out the whole story one day. Somebody will leave, put up a blog. Real quick, back to PS 4.5. Could it be that we haven't heard much from, say, Sony Santa Monica or Bend? Because we're going to PlayStation 4.5 game? Yeah. It's possible, but I doubt it because you can still show just, that and say that it's just throwing it out I there. I don't think it's possible either. Well, it's possible. I don't think it's the yeah, reason. Because you can show the game and not be like, by the way, it only runs on PlayStation 4.5. What's that? Nothing. Leave me alone. I'm John Garvin. I'm John Garvin. Hey, everybody. It's me, John Garvin. I interviewed John Garvin a couple of times. Does he sound like this? Hey, it's me, John Garvin. No. Hey, Eric Jensen. Keep on Jackie, taking, though, is like, keep on taking vacations. You don't have to work on any game. We're not making anything. <laughs> We're not making any. Jackie, he's like, hey, Colin, let me introduce you to John Garvin. Hey, Colin. It's nice to meet you. It's me, John Garvin. John Garvin's responsible for some hits like Siphon Filter and Siphon Filter 2 there's and Siphon si- Filter 3 there's and Siphon seven, Filter 4. seven Siphon Filters. Did you know that? <laughs> Eric uh, Jensen, where's the fucking game, Eric Jensen? Hey, it's me, Eric Jensen. I heard you mention my name. I don't know where the game is. I'm going to take pretty pictures and not make anything. Eric <laughs> Jensen, I have to respond to your Twitter thing because I message I saw. He did send me a Sony Ben sticker. Oh. Which I appreciate. Did you put on your laptop yet? No. I got a, I have a Mizzou Alumni Association sticker I have in order to put. You want to put on your laptop? No. I want to be associated with Mizzou. There's a lot of racists over there at school. I think that's why you'd want to be oh, associated okay. with Fair huh? Trump in 2016, huh? <laughs> I never said that. I know. Uh, all right, let's blaze through the rest of these. Let's blaze, man. Let's, let's do it. Blaze them dank Yarnum <laughs> oh nugs. Speaking of dank Yarnum nugs, Call number away. six, Bloodborne is getting a real life card game, not a digital card game. Officially licensed by Sony and published by Cool Mini or Not Games, according to GameSpot, which cites designer Eric Lang's Twitter account, the game card the card game will be. Quote, simple but highly deep and interactive, end quote, and is based on the, quote, the Chalice Dungeon Runs, where players comp- compete to kill monsters and take their blood, end quote. He noted that it's a, quote, risk management game with a bit of groupthink, inventory management, upgrades, and tactical play in an intense 30-minute card game, end quote. There's not yet a release date attached to this project. Ooh. Number seven, The Division is officially the biggest new IP hey. in gaming history. According to its week one sales, the game grossed more than $330 million in its first five days on the market, which is a record for a Ubisoft release of any kind. Ubisoft noted that the game reached 1.2 million concurrent players during its first weekend. And players, after five days, spent over 100 million hours playing the game. Cumulatively, its performance at market has even surpassed the massively popular MMO FPS, Destiny. Peds McTales writes in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, hey, Colin and Greg, with the division earning the title... Peds McTales. Hey, Peds McTales. Oh, Jackie T's answer this question? (laughs) Hey, Colin Gregg and Jackie T. With The Division earning the title of the best-selling new franchise ever when Destiny was the previous holder, do you guys believe The Division owes some of its success to Destiny? I feel like Destiny was a lot of people's first loot-based game and popularized the genre on consoles in a way Borderlands never did. Would The Division still have done as well... If without the destiny and will the success of these two games influence more titles in this genre thanks for the amazing content you put out each week peds mctails yeah i do a hundred percent i think it, it got mm-hmm. it was one of those where tip of the spear when i talked about the division right and why i was excited for it i kept saying it's third person destiny in new york that 
set it up perfectly for what you're getting in. It set the expectations perfectly for what you're going to get, I think, too. I jumped into that game expecting to have a fun game to run around and loot stuff in, and maybe the story will be there, maybe it won't be, whatever. I don't care. It's about it playing with other people, and that's what it's been for me, exactly. That's why I'm in love with it, why it's delivered, why I'm aching to get back to it. Are you aching? I'm aching. No, for real. Like, I'm trying to figure out if I should... There's no... I'm going to... Are you throbbing? Go. <laughs> I'm pulsating. <laughs> I'm going to Vegas this weekend with Poe, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to like, how can, should I bring a PS4? No. Because then like, I can just send him to do stuff, and then I can play this game once in a while. That's probably not a really nice thing to do. But you know what? He's a dummy kid. He, is, care. he is a dummy kid. Yeah. Uh, no, they owe a great deal of Destiny. Now, the interesting thing about Destiny to me is in Destiny 2 specifically, which I guess will come out in 2017, mm-hmm. is how these two IP will interact with each other because it seems like they're going to take players away from each other. And this shows the finite, even though one's first person, one's third person, one's way more of an MMO than the same other. Same idea. Though. It is the same idea. And I still, I still contend that there's only a finite amount of space for these games. Well, that's the big question. I mean, he puts Overwatch in versus the Gearbox game, for instance. He's like, like do you think form? that these two games are going to influence more in this genre? I definitely think we've talked about it all the time, right? That there, the industry moves in waves and there is going to be more of these games that are jump in with your friends on consoles and go and do this and shoot that and get loot and da da da. But I think you're going to see success for each one of them diminish as it goes because by the time the ones that like, man, destiny's hitting and it's a great idea. Let's make a game. Now divisions out and there's going to be more. There's going to be a, a overwatch when you're overwatch, overwatch battle, they all run together. You know what I'm fucking talking about? There's going to be all these games. There's going to be, then, more. be another wave of them. And by that point, who I'm committed to the division, right? That's where my guys and my, I don't want to go do this because it is such a time sink and it is this giant thing. It's a problem. It's going to be a problem for people that are going to be releasing games like this in the future too. Exactly. Especially with Ubisoft and Activision <coughs> activated in this space, you really can't beat their talent, their ability to recruit talent and their money and their marketing yeah. power. Yeah. Destiny 2, if I was at Activision and I was at Bungie, I'd be very interested in what the division's doing. Not because they're the same kind of game, but just what are the hooks of that game? Why are people really into it? And will bull people remain? Let's keep in mind, Destiny has been out for a year and a half and it's still played by millions. So it's not like it's a little... It's almost two years, right? Well, it came out in fall 2014 and it's uh, oh, spring it? 2016. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought I was, I was thought it was earlier than that. Well, you're fucking wrong. I apologize. Well, let's check. <laughs> I was like... Mm. It's not earlier than that, though. Okay. I don't think. I apologize. But maybe it is. Take it all back. What my September 9th, 2014. Okay. Uh, number eight. Firewatch is officially a smash hit commercially. The studio revealed in a blog post that the PS4 and PC adventure game sold more than 500,000 copies in its first month at full price and that the studio made back its capital investment in a single day, reiterating some of what it told us during the kind of funny games cast. The studio notes how grateful it is for the game's success while stating that it's continuing to refine the experience in patches, including on PS4, where it wasn't running great at release. Uh, so congratulations to Campo Santo. We know people over there personally. They were kind enough to come over here and do things with us. So we appreciate them. Congratulations. They did all sorts of stuff with us on and off camera. Yeah. Something's on record. Something's off the record. Throbbing, and finally, pulsating. Number nine. Wrap up. Third person platformer Skylar and Plux Adventures on Clover Island is coming to PS4 later in 2016. Supermassive Games, the studio behind Until Dawn and the VR title Until Dawn Russia Blood revealed another VR game. This one exclusive to PSVR called Tumble. It's a puzzler. Adventure game Zing the Land Beyond previously announced for PS4 is also coming to PSVR. Interactive movie Gary the Gull is coming. This is spelled wrong. Told ya. To PSVR, RBI Baseball 16 is coming to PS4 on March 29th. Shadow Complex Remastered is finally coming to PlayStation 4 in May. And finally, the long-rumored Bioshock collection, which is clearly real since it's been rated by multiple gaming rating boards, <laughs> has now been rated by the Taiwanese Regulation Board, according to GameSpot, revealing its box art in the process. So when they're going to get shit or get off the pot with this thing, who knows? Who the hell knows? That's probably going to be a summer release. You have to assume on Vita. I can't. It's not going to be on Vita. I can't wait. I fucking love Bioshock and I'm going to play it again. Good. And I never beat Bioshock 2 and I never beat Infinite. 
So maybe that's my way to do it all. We'll see. It won't be. You'll get distracted. There'll be other things to play. I'm definitely going to be in Platinum Bioshock one again. That I believe. Because it's so good. I believe that. Uh, that's it for the news, Gregory. Colin, you know that I'm stoked. So st- st- stoked for Gary the Gull. I know you are. But he's so far off. He's still flying away. If I want to know <clears> what <throat> came to the mom and grop digital shops, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, sometimes PSP software by the kind of funny co-founders. Here are the games. 101 Ways to Die comes to PS4 digitally. It says in this puzzle platformer, platformer you'll, need to, you'll need creativity, cruelty, and an absolute lack of morals as you help the evil professor Splattenfutter complete his life's work to create the most horrific recipe book ever. 101 Ways to Die. Dun, 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 dun. Cat lateral damage comes Fuck to PS4 yes. digitally. This cat lateral damage is a first person destructive cat simulator where you play as a cat on a rampage, knocking as much stuff onto the ground as possible. See the world through the eyes of a cat. I can't wait. This is a game that came to PC and I ignored and now here it is on the b- b- greatest platform. I want to get some trophies. You think it's got a platinum? We can find out. Find out for me, Colin, as I smoke this imaginary cigarette. It does. Fuck yes. Steve Gaynor, you're <clears throat> a hack. <laughs> Day of the Tentacle Remaster comes to PS4 and PS Vita Digital and it is cross by. Originally released by LucasArts in 1993, Day of the Tentacle is a mind bending time travel cartoon puzzle adventure game in which three unlikely friends work together to prevent an evil mutated purple tentacle from taking over the world. Perhaps it's Ultros from Final Fantasy VI. You gonna play it? No. No, me neither. Dragon Fantasy The Black Tome of Ice comes to PS4 digitally cross by with Dragon Fantasy Book 2 on PS3 or PS Vita. So if you have uh, Dragon Fantasy Book 2 on PS3 or PS Vita, it is free. Join Ogden and the Heroes of Wisteria in this classic JRPG epic. Travel through the frozen wastelands of Tundaria, experiencing action-packed battles without random encounters, using spatially aware area of effect attacks and power moves. Travel by pirate ship, defending against enemies in thrilling ship-to-ship rock monster combat. Defeat oncoming hordes of demons and huge bosses that threaten the entire world of Dragon Fantasy. Cool, I will. Okage Shadow King, comes, which I used to call Oakage when I was young. Who, who, of course, because that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I think it is Okage, though. Okage Shadow King comes to PS... The PS2 game comes to PS4 digitally. It says, in an unexpected twist of fate, the, ev- the spirit of an evil king is unleashed and possesses the shadow of an innocent young boy named Ari. Wielding the burden of this evil ghostly being, Ari and his friends must journey across a wonderfully animated, whimsical world. Uh, paranautical activity was supposed to come to Vita, but it is crossed out. Motherfucker. Republic comes to PS4 digital and retail. Yay! It says, you receive a call from Hope, a woman trapped inside an eerie totalitarian state. By hacking into an elaborate surveillance network, guide her through a web of danger and deception. Developed over five years by industry veterans, Republic is a thrilling adventure that explores the perils of government surveillance in the internet age. Definitely want to play that. From our friends. Very, very fun game. Trackmania Turbo comes out and it has a trial. PS4, digital and retail. Says available for the very first time on PS4, Trackmania offers you the ultimate arcade racing universe where everything is about reaching the perfect racing time. Test your skills in more than 200 tracks. Experience immediate fun by challenging your friends at home, offline, split screen or online. And finally, Warheads, H-E-D-Z. Nope. Comes to PS4 digitally. This is out on the 24th, so this is a Thursday release. Challenge your friends online locally or play against AI to rule the world in this epic strategy game. Invade territories and devise tactics to defeat your opponents and take over the world. Hey, guys, we're going to be play- featured on the PlayStation blog, and we want to sell our game. All right, cool. What should the uh, art be that we show in this game nobody's heard of? Just give them, just give them the title. Just give them the logo for the game. Shouldn't we maybe put a screenshot in? I don't know if many people have heard of Warheads. No, 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 no. Just shove it in there. Just put in, I want it on a transparent background, the logo of the game. People aren't going to know what it is. Not gonna, no, no, no. People will get excited for Warheads. They'll think it's a candy tie-in. We'll trick them. That's it for the games. Garbage, Colin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree with you. I Thank you.
I love you very much. Love you too. Colin, mm. where did the tot? So it's time to check in on the trophy times. So right. I want to know what you got for me this week. Breaking trophy news. Well, it's like a cat lateral damages. Uh, Thank you very trophies. much. So cat lateral damage. Uh, let's see. He's got him yet. Uh, 17 bronze, 10 silver, five gold, one platinum. So more of a game than gone home. The platinum is called Paul Latinum. <laughs> this is my kind of game. It's kidding. So let's see. Keep... Knock over 1,000 objects. Knock God over 5,000 objects. Knock over 20,000 objects for bronze, <laughs> silver, and gold. Get a score of 2,000 more in objective mode. Play in the litter box mode for an hour is a bronze trophy. Uh, be a cat for 30 minutes straight. <laughs> yes. Is a bronze trophy. Uh, unlock and complete the museum. Okay. The museum. Oh, no. That's very cute. In objective mode. Unlock and complete the supermarket in objective mode. Catch a mouse, catch 10 mice, defeat the laser pointer. Is Come on, Colin. This is awesome. It sounds pretty cool. Uh, collect photos. There seems to be a lot of collectibles. Stay airborne for three seconds. Carry an object for one minute. Complete an object. Uh, complete an objective without using pause. And the icon is a paw with yeah, oh, yeah. a like, line through it. Bigger Meowth is a silver meow a whole bunch. <laughs> and then Big Meowth is meow a lot. <laughs> oh my god, you nailed it. This is a trophy list that nailed it. I'm actually more excited about this game now because of the trophies. Uh, Warheads trophies are up. Should we look at those? How many platinums this got? Warheads has no platinum. It says uh, three bronze, three silver, two gold. Silver win the game gold. in less than 15 turns. Win the game in less than 10 turns. Win in less than 10 minutes. Win in less than 5 minutes. Win in less than 3 minutes. Defeat an online player, defeat 10 online players, defeat 30 online players. No thanks. No, thank you. Stranger of Sword City on Vita, which people are pretty excited about, comes out. Uh, 27 bronze, 15 silver, 2 gold, 1 platinum. Let's see. Tell me a little bit about Stranger of Sword City. I, I don't know, I don't know much. much about it. Is this one of the NAS games? Uh, no, I don't think so. Let me look. Stranger of Sword City. I've been seeing people talk about it. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. It, let's look at it. It looks like... Uh, oh, no. We, I played this. Yeah. It, um, it's a... It looks like a dungeon crawler. Yeah, we played this. Yeah, I played this game. This is a uh, a, a DRPG. Okay. Like, first person. So, like... Oh, we? okay. Uh, let's see. Day of the Tentacle. 53 bronze trophies. Three silver, one gold, one platinum. Are there more tank controls in here from Tim Schafer? 53... Platinum or fifty three bronze trophies, fifty three bronze, fifty three platinum trophies. That'd be all over. Jesus, wait. You know what? Fuck off. I'm not even reading that list. Let's see. Wake me when full throttle gets. Let's here. stop with uh, Republic. Ooh, Republic. Republic. Actually, let's go here. Republic has sixteen bronze, six silver, seven gold, one platinum. Mm-hmm. Listen to every single Zager tape. Help hope collect every banned book and game cart in the game. Scan every Omni view item in the game. Those are all gold trophies. So those are collectible trophies. Nice. Listen to the Zager. So it says <clears throat> there's ones for completing things, for finding all the tapes and all the Omni view and all the collectibles in each stage for silver trophies and bronze trophies. Oh, yeah. It's good. So it seems like. All right. So here's an example. Bronze. Listen <coughs> to all Zager tapes found in episode one. Silver. Scan all Omni view items in episode one. Um, gold help hope collect all banned books and game cards found in episode one and then bronze complete episode one and it seems like there's that, that that's like every, that's the yeah. the and then they all accumulate format. into gold trophies at the end okay very cool i can do that you should get us coach for that i already have mine 
Oh, I think you sent me mine too. All right, good. Time to think of it. Now I'm distracted because now like I don't know you if I should keep saying salt game. sanctuary, a cat cat lateral damage. Yeah. Meow a whole bunch. <laughs> Meow a lot. Two trophies right there. <laughs> Sombra Owl wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ for trophy time and says, Hey Greg and Colin. This could be a trophy time question. It is. Good job. Something I haven't really thought about when considering to buy a PlayStation VR is trophies. I wasn't really planning to buy a PlayStation VR, but now that I think about it, PSVR should be another way to get trophies. My question is, what kind of trophy support do you think PSVR will have? Do you think we will see many Platinums, considering most of the launch games seem to be smaller games? How cool would it be to see a PlayStation trophy pop in VR? Yeah, Thanks. that's going to be interesting. The interface will be interesting. I've not seen a PlayStation trophy pop in VR yet. No, yeah, and that's what I'm... They're I'm probably not even implementing. Yeah, but I'm excited to see it when it happens. But I do think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to run into the the not having a lot of Platinums. Well, I think the experiences won't. I bet you that Riggs... Well, Riggs will. He told us it will. Riggs will, yeah. Uh, e Valkyrie. Of course. Ace Combat. But, but yeah, I think most of them probably I think won't. the majority of games won't. It'll be There will be these little experiences where you get a gold at the end. Agreed. Not a fan of that. Agreed. Well, oh. I mean, that's fine. I mean, it, what... what I still contend that Gone Home doesn't deserve a platinum. Like it's, it's not a big deal. It's, it's a, it, a the game could be beaten in literally ninety seconds. No, yeah, of course. If you, but I mean that, and there's a trophy for it. Yes, but that's part of the thing. You wouldn't know how to do that till the end of the game. You know what I mean? It's not like you, I know what you. It's mean. It's not like you can literally beat the. That was a, that was a good one. That, that was, was a good a, use. Yeah. Of, that was a, a real use of the, mm. the phrase. Uh, you wouldn't know how to do it until the end, so that doesn't count. I don't. I don't like that. Uh, we spent a lot of times. We spent a lot of time. Time singular, in this episode. Right. Yeah, no, no. But time technically is, you know, plural anyway. Time's everywhere. Right, that's true. Flat circle. Already with reader mail. Kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Mail with off cocktail. Da, 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 da. I'll toss you a few ones that aren't VR related. How about that, Colin? Sure. Then we'll get the hell out of here. Because sure. I got to go see Batman v Superman tonight. Yeah, we're, this, I mean, with the, with the shoe thing, this is going to be a long episode. Yep. I'm going to give you two, all right? Sure. Number one comes from Dr. Pow. <clears throat> Dear kind of funny boys, I'm putting it on Front Street. I want a sequel to The Order 1886. It was the first big game I played on the PS4, and I had a really good good time with it. Although I may have stacked the odds in my favor on this front because I played it over an extended period of time by only completing one chapter a day, I enjoyed the characters and the world that Rad developed and want to see where the story goes. My questions are, does The Order 1886 deserve a sequel? Is it likely that it would get one? And what could Rad or any other developer do to get you fellows back in Sir Galahad's boots? Thanks, Jeff. P.S. Your one true love. So, Colin. Uh, yeah. Number one. Mm. Does it deserve a sequel? Yeah, it does. I 100% agree with you. Yes, it does. Cool world. Beautiful he said the world. world. He said the world and characters that Rad developed. That wasn't the, those weren't the problem. Yeah. You know, those were the best parts of the game. Right. It so does deserve a sequel. It deserves a sequel. It's it's an interesting world. It's just the game. And it ends on a cliffhanger. Boring. Exactly. Is it likely? Uh, I think it's a 50-50 chance, yeah. I think it's likely. I think it's going to happen. Do you think Rad will develop that's it? That's the big question. He says, and what w- would Rad do to get you back? I don't know if it'll be Rad. That's the big question. I, I think it could be. So as far as I understand, Rad is working on like some... They're working on three games, I think, right? They're working on a VR game, I think, some other game, and then a PS4 game. And okay. my assumption is that the the... The capital investment into that engine, which was so they were fucking obsessed with it. And that yep. was the that was seemed to be the problem was they were just obsessed with the technology. That was the problem with the game was I've told the story many times. so I don't want to reiterate too much of it. But like the first time I saw the game, it ran like shit. Like the first time you actually saw the gameplay. But like when I saw the game in 2013 in Germany, they were just showing Galahad running around and like, look at this cape physics. And I'm like, right, 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 right. When I saw it at E3 in 2013. So even before that they had a behind closed door demo where they just showed the trailer again. And then I had to spend my five minutes with them being like, what is it? 
you know, and then, you know, so, uh, you know, is it a shooter? Yeah, you gotta ask about yeah, and they're, and they're like, yeah, and I'm like, is it first person? They're like, no, third person, and I'm like, all right, and they're like, time's up. I'm like, you could have just showed me a fucking screenshot, and we, and I could have like, you know, figured that out for myself. So they were really worried about things that had not, that were ancillary to the game's quality. The problem with the game was not the way it ran. The quality the problem with the game was not its um, its characters or its story or its its setting. It was all awesome. They nailed it. It's very. It reminds me a lot of uh, Assassin's Creed in the sense that I'm like. This is awesome if you just look at it. Um, the game's super short. It's not media. I mean, I didn't think mechanics were even fine, but it's just like, I'm like, w- w- did you forget to make the game? How long was this in development for? <laughs> Inexcusable that this game is so short and so fucking shallow, you yeah. know? But it is such a waste. That is that is the thing that I, I, I'm, you know, and I think Sony might know that with Ready at Dawn, where I'm like, what a fucking waste. You have this engine, you have this world, you might as well make the Order 1887. And that's the thing, Ready at Dawn's super talented. Yeah, they Sony a, knows that. And so I think you take what you've learned from this experience, what people want out of this game, what they did to, all the knocks they did get for it, and yeah, you give them another shot. You do, I mean, but maybe you don't. I don't know, that game was in development for a really long time. Sony might just take the engine and run. And, yeah, but, but they own the IP. Anyone can make the game. Rad doesn't have to make the game. Although I'd feel bad if they didn't get them. You know, they're really into that story and stuff like that. It would be nice to at least have them write it. And that's the thing. I think they get another. I think they get a shot at it again. They you might be working I mean? on it right now. And, and, exactly. I, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it emerge. Not this year, probably, but next year at E3. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was way better. You know? I, oh, God, I, yeah. I'm, I'm way more. It, it's an Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed 2 situation where I'm like, oh, okay, there's something there, but I didn't like all of it. But I think the next one, when you sit down and you actually have a vision now and the the lion's share of the technical work is done and you understand what people liked about it now you get to jump on that there you go well i mean so do i think it deserves a sequel absolutely uh it's made it was ended to make a sequel yeah the way the game ends is fucking cool actually and and um it would be interesting to explore that new world that you know they, they find themselves in and uh i just think it's about a 50 50 chance that it's real because i i don't sony might have lost tens of millions of dollars for all we know in that game and and so that game, regardless of the or the order eighteen eighty seven or whatever they're gonna call it, comes out or is announced, it's gonna have a stigma attached to it of a really shitty game. 100%. So like, not a really shitty game. We do get people who argue with us and like, you know, he really enjoyed it. There are people I don't want to say, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's That's not, hyperbole. Not, That's right. You're right. It's not a naughty bear. It's not a naughty bear, but it is not anything better than, eh. You know, like where I was just like, I wanted that game to end, and it wasn't even that long. Yeah, especially that stealth part. I was like, this game's fucking annoying me now. But the in the uh, garden or whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, come on, shit sucks. But like the, there is a nugget of something good there. We know what Rad is capable of, and uh, I would like to see them work on something. But Sony might look at it and be like, well, this game's going to cost X amount of tens of millions of dollars to make. We already lost X amount of Y amount of money on the original. It's going to have this stigma attached to it. But maybe we can sell the original again or bundle them together. I mean. I don't know. I wish I knew the answer, but I don't. I literally, I, not even off the record, do I know the answer. <laughs> I heard nobody at PlayStation knows the answer. No, no one knows. They were just told, "Ready to do what you want." Figure, you know, report back to us. Yeah. If you want, if you want somebody else to do the game, just tell them. Just give it to them. Give them the engine. Mm-hmm. Let them talk to us. I'm audibling, and we're jumping to introduce you, ladies and gentlemen, to your new PS. I love you, best friend. Remember, go to kindoffunny.com slash forums, go to PS I Love You, the board, then go to PS I Love This Best Friend XOXO, where you can write a little post about why you need PlayStation Network friends. We read your story. You get people. This one comes from Bean Man 2999. Bean Man? Bean Man 2999. Hey, Bean Man. Oh, Jackie T's here. <laughs> Bean Man 2099 says, I picked up a PS4 back in June and love it. Although, I only had an Xbox 360 during the last console generation. I would love to fill up my friends list with the big, beautiful best friends. I plan on kicking ass during this trophy war, and 
I would love some great friends to play the division and Uncharted 4 multiplayer with. My PSN is Bean Man2999. Thanks. P.S. I love you, but I'm not ready for a serious relationship. Jacob from Missouri. So Bean Man2099 is Jacob from Missouri too. So talk to him about Mizzou, the Tigers, if he's gonna miss the Rams, and Jeff City, whatever the hell's happening there. You know what I mean? Claire Jefferson McCaskill. City. Claire McCaskill. Talk about that a little bit. Talk a little bit about big old Claire. Big old Claire. What you doing over there? How's how's it going? Uh, time for this week's forgotten PlayStation game. This is where Colin or I or you from the audience talk about a game everybody's forgotten about. That is a PlayStation turn, game. It is my turn. You have a good memory, and I like that about you. Your phone's ringing. It's Northeastern asking me for donations. You want to answer? Fuck off. You know what my donation was? The $80,000 I still owe you. I, got, I was in an Uber the other day and Mizzou <laughs> called me and they were looking for donations. They, I'm a, same thing. I'm assuming students call you. They're like, oh, yeah. we're doing a thing. And I, I talked I, to, it's because I donated to them once. And yep. now I, have oh, to no. I talked to this, I talked to this sophomore uh, journal, uh, broadcast journalism major for like 10 minutes in this Uber ride. And then she got to the thing. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay anything. <laughs> I've just been talking to you. I was trying to, I, you know, you don't want to be mean to them. They're kids. But yeah, I was, I wasn't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable when they're like, you know, North, can you give us $200? I mean, she's a random person who called me. I'm not going to Northeastern literally costs, I think, $47,000 a year. Fuck off. There's like 20,000 people there. Do the math. You know, like, yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> uh, my forgotten PlayStation game of the week will sound like a joke, but stick with me. It's folklore. Folklore, we always gave Ryan a lot of shit for. Big old folklore. Big old folklore, because he gave it a 9.0 at IGN, yeah. and it was like one of his first reviews. And yeah. For some reason. We did give him a lot of shit. It wasn't a bad game. It wasn't. It was a fun game, and that's why I'm nominating. It was, you know, this action RPG, whatever you want to call it, where you're busting ghosts. That was it. And it was using six access, but not in a super annoying way, where you got the ghost caught, and then you'd like Who fish him it? out. I'm going to look. Shit. It's Japanese. Game. They were Japanese. Yes, I know that. They had a sense of style. You went to this. Remember, you go to this land where you could the dead supposedly were there. You went there and investigate this woman's mom. I can picture her in her little hat, but that doesn't I can't help remember me. Who the fuck that doesn't help it. me. The developer with their hat. Oh, Game Republic. Oh yeah, I know they're it. defunct now. Well, yeah, they it. made. Uh, let's see, Genji's Genji's Dawn of the Samurai, Brave Story, New Traveler, Genji Days of the Blade, Catan on PS3, Clash of the Titans on PS3. Knight's Contract. I remember that game on PS3. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm saying folklore because it's like Ghostbusters. Them. And here I wanted to give you the intro paragraph for one Ryan Clements at Plum Cider. You know from the PlayStation blog. This is how his review opened. A melancholic piano sighs under the backdrop of sea, of sea blown wind as you meander along the paths of Doolin Village. Your steps color the scene with murder, suspicion, and knowledge of the many realms of the never, netherworld. This surreal and oftentimes haunted journey is the journey of folklore, and this is one great reason to own a PlayStation 3. That's a fucking intro, Clements. I know you're over there right now getting you're sin- a hack now. You're but getting back in the day. coffee left and right. You're keeping Jackie T out of the building. <laughs> you got your stun baton keeping him out. Yeah, I'm telling you, son, you know how to write. Oh yeah, Clements is a fantastic writer. Colin, would you like to know the PSN's worst name of the week? I'm going to learn it even if I don't want to. So. I'd love to tell you about it. But okay. first, I have to tell you about this one's sponsors. This one's audible.com. Do you love books? But fine that you never have time to read them. Well, audible.com has the perfect solution. Get audiobooks and listen to those books you've been meaning to read while on the go at the gym. During your commute, audible.com provides over 180,000 titles from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine, and newspaper publishers. And 
business information providers. Their app is free and works on iPhones, iPads, Android, and Windows Phone. You can also download and listen to your, on your Kindle Fire and over 500 MP3 players. And unlike a streaming or rental service, with Audible, you own your books, so you can access your books anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. Audible.com also has the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like their book, you can choose... Um, if you decide you don't like the book you choose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. And just for our listeners of PS I Love You XOXO, Audible.com is offering a free 30-day trial membership. Go to audible.com slash PS today to start your free trial. Again, show your support for us, PS I Love You XOXO, and get a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash PS. Back to the PSN's worst name of the week. This is where you write in with your bad PSN name. And you get you go to kindoffunny.com slash forums PS and board put it up there. Do it. No more Rocket Leagues, no many random people you see in. Some of you are trying to get it again. Also, side note. Sidebar. If you're one of the Hi, how you doing? It's Greg on the sidebar. If you're one of these people who writes in with the questions every week, I love you. A lot of you are starting to fucking slip and go back to like writing novels here. Ain't nobody got time Take for him that. to school, Greg. What's your fucking question, Zyger? I started reading the Zyger post. Tell him how it is, Greg. Millions of paragraphs here, and I'm just like, shut up, Zyger. John, Shut up. He's John Stein becking it up over oh on the forums. Oh my God, you're over here telling me about how the dirt tastes. I don't care, Zyger. If John Steinbeck talks about the clay one more time. I swear to Jesus. I'm coming for you. Today's post comes from John. John says, hey guys, wanted to give a different take on worst name of the week. My spin in this whole thing is that I wasn't creative enough when creating my name years ago. My last name is Reckless. True story. Which could lead to many a creative username. Reckless Abandon. Rock and Wreck Express, Wrecking Ball, are just some of the ways I could have went through when I was creating a name. Instead, I just took my name and kept it simple, so John Reckless was created. I would love to be able to change my name and add a little creativity to it. So please, Shuhei, let us change our names. John Reckless. Now here, Colin, is where we tell John Reckless that he is a fucking liar. He is a straight-up fucking phony. Why? Because how long has the Kind of Funny Forums been around? Mm, nearly a year june may nearly yeah, yeah. kind of funny live right. nearly a year it's like what do you think john reckless who's so upset about his psn name and he could have done all these creative things, what do you think his kind of funny username is same john fucking reckless just john reckless take him to town greg john reckless if you're gonna get up here on my show and fucking lie to me and tell me you want to you want to waste shuhei yoshida's fucking time changing a name when a year ago you were still just out there fucking putting yourself out as john reckless you can go fuck yourself sir Tell him, Greg. Nobody's going to waste Shuhei Yoshida's time unless it's me and Colin. That's what we do. That's what our job is. My specialty is wasting Shuhei Yoshida's time. You don't get to come in here and be like, I want a better name when a year ago you picked the same shitty name. That's just, that's that's like, I don't want to get electrocuted every time I poke the outlet, but I keep trying to fuck the outlet. Right. So here I am getting electrocuted. Sorry, it. John Reckless. Stop putting your dick in electrical sockets, you piece of shit. Delete your Twitter account. <sighs> Did you delete it yet? You better. I'll wait. Pull over your car and delete your fucking Twitter account. I wouldn't even know how. <laughs> You're going to sit on the side of the road for 20 minutes trying to figure out. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO episode 28. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Thank you for letting us give you shit. Remember, 
P.S. I love you. XOXO is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go to kind of funny.com. Subscribe to all the YouTube channels. Listen to all the podcasts. Watch all the videos. Follow everybody on Twitter. Follow me on PSN at Game Over Greggy. Go over to Colin's new Instagram and follow him there at KF Moriarty. Then call your family. What is your grandma up to? Is she still alive? Big Say old hello. grandma. Yo, big old grandma. What do you think of Jackie T and Greg's inability to pay the water bill? Hey, grandma. Let me tell you about PlayStation VR. Stop it! He's like a horror villain. He's just like haunting this family. He won't stop doing it. Uh, we're also the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. So go wherever your podcasts are, whether it be youtube.com slash kind of funny games or MP3 services around the globe. Subscribe, like, share, please. It means the world to us when you tell your friends about us, no matter how small you think your following is. Every episode of PS I Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call singing a shoe hey this is where you go to kindoffunny.com slash psm and submit your song that's right you musical artist out there or guy who blows in a jug i need your youtube video and your Who's mp3 in the jug, greg i don't know someone john reckless probably right now banging for change so i can figure john out reckless, where you, his fucking life went wrong john reckless playing the steel drum outside of the embarcadero <laughs> like all those people i saw this weekend this is where you whatever musical artist you are go to kindoffunny.com slash psm submit your song i need an mp3 link because if you're listening to the mp3 i'll play the song at the end and a youtube link because if you're watching the youtube video i'll annotate out to this week's artist and this week's artist is say girl say hey greg says one of the people in say say her, girl say who didn't put his he didn't sign like his name at the end of it it was cool running into you at South by Southwest Gaming Awards Saturday night. Just wanted to say thanks again for the courage and inspiration to step away from my old career to pursue my new passion of music. My band, Say Girl Say, is a genre-bending trio from Houston, Texas. The song is Tundra from our, our debut self-titled album released this summer. We are an alternative folk band with a wide range of influences and styles from east to west. Below is a link to our live video of our song, Oh My Goodness. So again, why I like Say Girl Say, a lot of promotion here giving us two mp3 gets its own song then you get a link on this to a different song if you like say girl say it's very simple to go find them go to saygirlsay.com. i like that again simple and they're promoting they even put their twitter in here at say girl say underscore unfortunate i don't like I don't, I, this is the one thing I, I like you know how it's like nick underscore scarpino right and he has a big problem with that mm-hmm. i don't mind the underscores when they're connecting things i don't like the hanging chad underscore say girl say underscore sure could it have been say underscore girl underscore say i would like that more just putting this out there for next time you guys form a band and you want to put an underscore at the end ladies and gentlemen wait a minute uh john kohler posted an update on playstation blog about the vr launch and the vr core pre-orders so if you want to lo- uh so it says update thanks to everyone for sharing their feedback on playstation vr pre-orders it's clear that there's a lot of interest for many of you to secure the playstation vr core system ah and I'm happy to share that we've decided to make it available for pre-order on Tuesday, March 29th at 7 a.m. Pacific time at participating retailers. So to wrap it up, here are your pre-order options. Number one, PlayStation VR launch bundle, which includes uh, the move and all this kind of shit. The camera uh, pre-order on March 22nd. So after you listen to this, 7 a.m. Pacific time, PlayStation VR core, and that costs $500. PlayStation core, $400 pre-order on March 29th at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and it says, if you're interested in owning PlayStation VR on one on day one, mark those calendars as we're expecting these units to sell out quickly. So there's your... The update I predicted in the Roper's report is yep, now here. There it is. And I'd like to tell you this. Ha ha, PlayStation. Every week lately, you try to fuck us by breaking news in Monday late afternoon into the evening when you know this show's done. So Scott Rohde, you're listening in your car right now. Fuck you. We got you, son. 
We fucking nailed you on this one. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> All right, it's been a good show. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Say Girl Say, which with, with, with whatever song you're getting, depending on where you're watching. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>